Okay. Welcome to another episode of the Nitro Performance Guide. I almost forgot the name of my show. I haven't done it in two weeks. We got Darren, as always, and then we have a special guest, but he's he's pretty much our third co-host. This is D. Blaine. You know him. He's, we love him. So, both of you gentlemen, welcome. I'm so happy to have you here. It's a little late, but uh, better late than never. That's what they say, right? Yes, sir. Hey, TJ, isn't the intro always the hardest part to every show? Yeah, I literally don't even, like, try. I just go, well, this is the same name of the show, and here are the people that are here. Let's talk about Drag Race. <laughs> whenever, whenever I start a show, the intro always gives me the most anxiety. I don't know why. But once I get past the intro, I'm fine. Yeah, I mean, I yeah, I, I do agree, but I try to, like, just push through it, and, you know, it's different. It's whatever. I got people here. I'm here. This is the name of the show, Drag Racing. <laughs> it's usually uh, Hey, there you go. So before we get too into it, we got to talk about the passing of Dave McClellan, you know, the voice of the NHRA. 44 years he gave us his voice. Um, and Epping was the first drag race since it happened, so I definitely wanted to mention uh, his name on this show because, you know, he walked so so many could run, you know, and we're doing this, you know, you know, in honor of him kind of thing. You know, we're on microphones, he gave us his voice, and we are giving our voices to the NHRA. So I just wanted to make sure I said something about that. Any thoughts, folks? You go, Yeah, um, you know, I, I remember him as a kid. Um, you know, the Diamond P videos, they, they would not be the same without him. Murdered videos like Drag Race in '89 and, and all those fun ones. Uh, some of the calls that he was on—they're memorable. You never forget them. Um, and uh, like you said, he paved the way for for a lot of us to be able to do what we're doing. So uh, yeah, it, it's it's pretty awesome. He had a pretty awesome life, and uh, he gave us a, a lot of cool moments. Absolutely, for sure. And you just talk about you know. Go, going back and watching, like you said, Deep Land, those old races on YouTube and hearing Dave McClellan's voice, he was so smooth. The yeah. way he just projected his voice, the way he, what I loved, what he said was also, he's also, when he said to my sponsor, he always called it like the Pinsoil Special when he talked about Eddie Hill or something like that. He always put special at the end of their, at the end of their sponsor. And then uh, you go back to 1994, the burn down between Warren Johnson and Scott Jeffreyon. My favorite, one of my favorite calls, not my favorite call from Dave, but one of my favorite, he goes, Scott Jeffrey may have staged last, but he got to the finish line last as well as Warren Johnson prevails. And that is just an epic call. I literally remember that call, like memorized it because the way he said it in the moment, which is epic. And he has just so much more like that. That's just one that comes to mind right now. Um, just super epic. He was, uh, he was so smooth. And like I said, man, just an amazing, amazing guy. The voice of the NHRA for so long. And he's going to be missed, man. He's going to be missed. Dave Mack, Big Mac. Him and Steve Evans, like yeah. <laughs> probably the greatest duo in NHRA history. Indeed. You know, and so... You know, um, I saw something online. He said, you know, Steve has his, you know, I don't know if they were best friends, but Steve says, you know, he gained a friend in heaven, you know, and that's what it was, you know, so For sure. rest in peace to Dave Mack. Yeah. And before we move on, his voice was also on um, one of the NHRA games for PS2. Uh, his They kept his voice on there. So I thought that was pretty cool. Uh, you know, the game wasn't great, but the fact that we had his voice on there, we permanently will have his voice encapsulated in a in a video game is is pretty cool to me even though you know i don't know how many people are playing ps2 right now but you know that i think that's pretty cool 
Go for Can it. Can I tell you a quick story real quick? Real quick. Um, so obviously, you know, when, when Dave, during his heyday, I was really young. So he was, right. he was in the booth when I was really young in the nineties, but a lot of them, I can't remember, but I remember the 2010 winter nationals. It was the 50th anniversary winter nationals in Pomona 2010. And they did a cackle fest right before the finals. And Dave Mack was in the booth. And I tell you, I got the freaking chills, yo, just hearing his voice, hearing him call the cackle fest. Like it was, wow. I was like, yeah, it was a pretty amazing, you know, experience to hear Dave Mack in the booth, you know, with Bob Fry and stuff like that. It, it was amazing. So I remember yeah. I, the last time I remember hearing his voice live was, I believe, the 03 Winter Nationals. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember Larry Dixon won that race, Warren Johnson. Um, and so um, and I believe Tony Petragon and Funny Car. I believe that was yep. the last time I heard Dave Mack, you know, in the booth as far as like, no, live. So, you know, just like I said, I just wanted to say that real quick, sir, real quick. 2010 Winter Nationals, hearing his voice in the booth, calling a cackle fest. It was pretty amazing. Oh, yeah. I, that was definitely a chills moment. Definitely a chills moment. Okay, so folks, we're going to do it differently this week. We're going to go down the ladder. We're going to talk a little bit of qualifying. We're not going to go too in-depth into it. Again, it was last week, so you guys know who won. So it's not like we're keeping any secrets or telling you what happened. But I'm glad that you're listening. So let's start with Funny Car, because that's that's where we start on Friday. So, however, I say that's where we start on Friday, but we're looking at Q3 numbers just so we're all here. So I just wrote a couple couple things down. Um, 332.51 for Matt Hagen and Dickie Venables, number one qualifier. Number two, John Forrest. How about that? I'll tell you something, because I didn't catch a lot of the qualifying. Um, I didn't know John was number two <laughs> until today. <laughs> I was like, wow. <laughs> I didn't know that. So then number three, we got Robert Hype. And Robert Hype was 329.34. He didn't even get 330, but the boss man did. Um, and so it just goes down the list there. Uh, and so I, we got three, or I'm sorry, six 390s uh, in the field, three 380s, which those cool kids, Matt Hagen, John Forrest, Robert Hype. And how about two 330-mile-per-hour runs on the sheet, three 325-plus on the sheet, and then two more just 320 plus so these things are moving down there like we're starting to see people that uh are even down on the you know lower end of the ladder like alexis joy and nine it's hard to believe nine is on the bottom side of the ladder but it is uh and she's you know running two 324 out the back so i just i just always love to see the speeds these things are running uh at the far end of the racetrack and how about jim campbell guys jim campbell this weekend 395 career best numbers. How about he was above uh Alexis DeJoya? He was number eight. That's awesome. That's all I love seeing stories like that. These guys that just chip away at it and you know you come out and you have a weekend like that. I was I was at an event this past weekend. It was called Funny Car Forever or Funny Car Reunion. Um it was kind of mm-hmm. like a tribute to the old Lions drag strip. And so they had sure. Jim Dunn there, Alex Miladonovich, and Ron Caps was there. And so Jim Dunn actually talked about that 396.5 run, which is a career best for Jim Campbell. But he said he heard a lot of parts in that run. So he said, you know, next couple of races out, they're going to go back to running four O's because, you know, running 396 <laughs> kind of used up a lot of their parts. But that's kind of just what he said at the at the little event this past weekend. Yeah, yeah. and the and the listeners know that because we talk about it, the harder you run these cars, the more wear on the parts. So, you know, when you run that 4-0 straight down the thing and you can wake up in the morning and you know the thing is going to run 4-0, you're not going to hurt many parts. But, you know, how many races are going to win, right? So you kind of have to risk versus the reward kind of thing. What you got, D-Blaine? 
Yeah, um, it was pretty cool to see them run that. Uh, they work hard every weekend. Um, they're pretty a well-oiled machine. Um, they know what they can run, um, and they, they usually don't, you know, try to do too much. But I thought it was pretty cool that they were able to do that. Uh, they were really in the race, you know, in that first round. So mm-hmm. um, it, it's nice to see that, and it's nice to see Jim Campbell uh, get a career best. That was awesome. For sure, for sure. Three hundredth of a second between number six and seven qualifier. Uh, Tim Wilkerson was number six, and Ron Cash was number seven. Uh, 392.9 for Tim Wilkerson to that 395.0. So, like, we're seeing that they're that they're really still bunched up in there like a pro stock uh, field. But, like, if you look really close, you can see we're at hundredths of a second at this point. Like, okay, well, three hundredths of a second is se- separating six and seven. So, you know, it's just things we watch on qualifying. I call it the race between in the race within the race. And I always like to see those kind of trends and things like that. Uh, so that was some solid qualifying for the for the floppers. Um, moving on to top fuel, we got Steve Torrance on top this week. 366.4, 329.5. Next to that Monster Energy, Brittany Forrest, 368, 329.5. So, they, again, these cars are so different. Yet they're so alike. Look at the same speed on the sheet, guys. Three twenty nine fifty on both cars. Yeah. yeah. On both cars. <laughs> like, I, and I always love when these two line up and they run the same ET on the board. It's just, it just shows you. It just shows the field. Like, look, <laughs> you know, these are these are the best two cars in the field, arguably, right? And you know, they run so evenly. Um, so I, I just think that's really cool. Then we got number three, Mike Salinas, 370 with a five, 328. Just a lot of big speed. Me and Darren have been talking about it the last couple of weeks. Uh, Top Fuel has been getting funny cars on speeds. They have. Uh, yeah. Like, we don't see 330 in the Top Fuel class during qualifying. We will see that on race day. But we don't see it in qualifying so much. But we see a lot more consistent 320. I got eight 325-plus runs on this sheet right here. That's crazy. <laughs> like, yeah. So I'm. It's just it's just a matter of how they're running because we, you know, David Grubnick said it a couple weeks ago. It's not like we go into the box and say, okay, the car is going to run 340 this run. This is what we. Right. It's just a byproduct of how hard they're running the car, and so you and you know, like I mean, Jr. Ty famously said it a couple years ago when uh, Joe Costello asked him uh, how they feel after he ran 333. He said, "Man, you know, speed doesn't win races." And we saw that on race day because Brittany Forrest, 334, and she's putting the car on the trailer. Low ET of the weekend, she's putting the car on the trailer. So what did you guys think about the performance that we saw from Top Fuel in qualifying this past weekend? Well, I think, first of all, I think we saw that Steve has finally found the niche that they're looking for. Uh, that evolution that they're looking for it showed on the the them qualifying number one. I thought that three sixty six four was uh, was a maturation process of what they've been trying to do all season. Now, obviously, it didn't come to fruition in the first round, um, but I think they don't need to hold their head down. I think they've kind of found it, and uh, it's going to put a little bit of pressure on on Brittany. But mm-hmm. I mean, I don't think she's feeling pressure. I mean, the car's right. just good, and she is in that 
uh, proverbial zone that we like to talk about with athletes, stick and ball athletes. You know what I mean? I think she's in that, that it zone. Um, and you know, it's, it's really just going to be a matter of a battle of attrition between those two. Sure. Yeah, for sure. Darren. Have you, have you noticed? So if you think about it, this is like the second time this year. So remember you go back to last year, it was always Brittany number one after Friday night. Right. And probably Steve number two or something like that. And those are the top two cars. Well, if you go back to Houston, this is kind of like the second time this happened where Steve Torrance is able to kind of, you know, take that number one spot away from Brittany on Friday night, which has been pretty exciting. You know, like mm-hmm. Lynn, it's kind of like that that maturation process. You know, like Steve Torrance has said this whole this whole year, hey, we're taking a step back. So we're, we're basically tearing this whole thing down and building it back up because the top field field is so competitive. We got to try to get back, get a get an advantage back on the field. So, you know, great run from Steve Torrance on Friday night, seeing the difference in the mid 60s. You know, and since we're talking about basketball, you know, that's that we call that the midi, the midi in basketball, the mid race jumper. Mm-hmm. So, <laughs> mid 360. Yeah. So, there you go. So, yeah, absolutely. Actually, no, actually, a mid 370 will be more of a midi because, you know, I think so. More, yeah, right. more of a mid 370. So. But uh, still, just a fantastic run from Steve Torrance 360s. Like you said, D Blank didn't come to fruition on race day, but nothing to sweat about. Just it happens. Absolutely. And you, yeah, and you see the car has been able to perform with Brittany in the past, but I guess they were really working on how to get it more consistent and be able to throw the kitchen sink at it when they need to. Because we know this, I mean, this is no surprise. This car can run those numbers, but it does it's not consistently running the numbers like that. So when when I got on the YouTube and I saw Steve Torrance, low ET, I'm like, whoa, okay. That that's something, and he was right next to Brittany, so I think that's really cool. But let's look at the rest of the class. Um, from three to eleven, we got three seventies. Three seventy eight, three three twenty five for Leah Pruitt was only good enough for eleventh, folks. Hey, that car is starting to come alive. As late, you know that Power Brokers Silver Bullet. We're gonna call it the Long Silver Bullet, but it's starting to come alive. Yeah, that here, here he go. Here he go. <laughs> okay. That, that, okay. Okay. <laughs> I'm dead. Okay. Uh, yeah, that was a good one. I walked right into that one. So <laughs> we got number 11. 378.3 is only good enough. That That's for 11th. That's, that's the top fuel field right now. That's yeah. the top fuel field right now. Okay, Darren, that was a little harder to move on from the last one than, than before. I was still laughing in my head. And I'm like, no, I got to keep going. I got to keep going. I got to keep going. So way, this, is, this is a PG show. Just let you, all the listeners know this is a PG show. It is a PG <laughs> show, but I say cuss words. So it's fine. It's, <laughs> with a little R. With a little R. Right. Just, just, just a little bit. Just a little bit. Okay. <laughs> So let's look at race day. I got the ladders here. So just before we dive into it, um, how about let's go over some of the numbers. So I like how NHRI includes these things here. I'm blind. So 334.90 from Brittany Force, top speed. That happened in the second round. In the first round, the best reaction time, 54, Justin Ashley. That was in the first round. And then the low ET, 3.702. That was also from Brittany Forrest in the first round. And then we know Mike Salinas ended up winning the race. Uh, so before we dive into it, I just wanted to go over these things. And then in Matt Hagen's class, the Nitro Floppers, here we go. 332.10 
First round, John Forrest, 332. We're going to talk about it again when we actually get to it. The best reaction time, let me look here. Oh, that's lower than top fuel time. 40 for Matt Hagen in the final round. He was ready for Robert. I don't think that final uh, ended up like any of us thought. Thought we would. We, we probably thought they were going to go down there and it was going to be separated by feet. But, you know, they were ready for each. They were ready for each other. I'd rather my driver go out there and smoke the tires because they're trying to get after it. Then, you know, then whatever else could happen anyway. And then a three ninety one zero for John Forrest in the first round. And it was right after Robert had encountered some problems. And we're going to talk about that a little bit more because I saw something when I was watching the race. Uh, so anyway, before we get in the top few first round, any comments, questions, comments, concerns? I used to love when the teacher said that. I'm like, oh, that's so cool. It's a cool phrase. <laughs> Anything you got? Oh, man, I tell you, um, my first thing was uh, Leah making progress. Um, Josh Hart once again fumbling in eliminations. Um, they're they're making progress. It's not just it's not it's not showing up in eliminations just yet. Right. Uh, and I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to give uh, the DHL. Uh, well, not DHL. The 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 Macro Tools uh, team of Doug Coletta some credit. They at least are finding a 370 consistency. Uh, you know, it's really not what you pay for when you are looking for uh, that type of help from crew chief, but they are finding a level of consistency and at least giving their driver who is excellent on the starting line uh, a car to drive. So uh, that's some things that I saw in Top Fuel. For sure. I mean, just to piggyback off that, we're going to talk about it, but Langdon into the semifinals. I mean, how about he? I mean, yes. All the talk has been about Doug Coletta so far this year, but Langdon yeah. has struggled mightily this year, too. So for them exactly. to get to the semifinals was pretty big. But like you said, D-Bland, I mean, for Doug Coletta, you talk about, you know, we talk about that midi. Here we go, 375 in Q2, <laughs> getting a good 372 in the heat of the day in, in the final qualifying session. And, like, you know, to qualify number four, going to race day with some momentum, you know, good job for that team. Nice. Not a great weekend, but a good solid weekend for Doug Coletta and that team. So, like you said, yeah. got to give credit to that whole the whole Mac, Mac Tools DHL team. Yeah. Mac, and Mac I think, Tools, sorry, Mac Tools. Yeah. And I think I think it's something to be said for for just nitro in general. Like, if we if we go out there and we start a car or we start a team, we're gonna it's gonna take us a little while to get to where we need to be to where we're in the final round. You know, duking it with these boys and girls, it would take some time. But I think, like like D. Bland said, talking about the Mac Tools car, you know, we know that Doug Kalita can drive anything, and we know he has. Not necessarily had the best car, you know, l- leading up to this this moment here. So I think those moments where we have weekends where there are signs of life, those kind of signs of life weekends where no, we didn't we didn't hit number one qualifier, we didn't we didn't even get top five qualifier, or we didn't get past the first round, or maybe we did, you know, and we get to the semifinals and then we lose. But those those signs of life weekends that I think Leah Pruitt has had leading up to Epping. And that's why we're starting to see that car start to kind of come live more consistently because she's had a few of those signs of life weekends, if that makes sense. So I really, I really do like those kind of weekends where you're like, oh, okay, this is good. This is good. Okay. Go. Can I ask a question go. real quick? So go I just want to, I just, I just want a quick yes or no from both of you guys. Cause this is going to lead into another question. 
I just oh, want a quick God. yes or no real quick. Just a quick yes okay. or no, because this is going to lead to okay. the question. Okay. They have not been subtle about saying, hey, we're teaming up because we want to get Doug Collette a championship before he retires. They've said that on the record. Like, this is the reason why we've teamed up. Yeah. Is this, is this a super team? Yes or no? You got a great driver, all-time driver like Doug Collette, and you have an all-time crew chief, like one of the greatest crew chiefs of all time in Allen Johnson. Is this a super team? Yes or no? I know you can't compare it to stick and ball sports, but do you consider it a super team? Yes or no? And the only reason why I ask is because it's, it's a lead up to another question. It, it, see, it, it, to me, I can't do it because it, it, it's not a simple yes or no, because what are we looking at it on paper? On paper, yes. On paper. On paper. On oh, paper, on paper, yes. Absolutely, yes. Because the okay. driver, because you already know what you got with the crew chief and the whole package. The driver sets it off, and you can't you can't not say that Doug is one of the greatest, one of the greatest drivers that are out there. So mm-hmm. yeah, definitely. So this leads me to my next question. Have we been too hard on them though? Because we know, like I said, you can't compare this to stick and ball sports, but when you put these type of teams together, it does take a lot of mesh. And we know running a nitro car is not easy. It's not easy at right. all. So that's what I'm saying. Have we been too hard on them to start this season? That's why I want to well, ask the question. I'm, I'm going to answer. No. I'm going to. Okay. Yes, and this this is what I was going to say, because I, I think we do the same things that they do on the TV show. They're literally saying the same things. They're giving Antron Brown a hard time. He's just, this is his first year, you know, being a, a crew, or not a, a team owner, you know, so they're kind of like, where are the wins at? You know, they're, they're kind of doing this on TV, too. So I don't, I think we're kind of doing our jobs by kind of, we're holding them accountable. We're going to be doing a lot of that, you know, once we're done with eliminations. But I think it's reporting what's happening and we're i think we're we've all we all expected to see like instant results and that's just something that we just expected to see we got alan johnson with doug kalita two prolific names in the nhra history so you get them together and you think okay instant results and we know we know how hard this is right but at the same time i think I don't. I don't think we've been too hard. I, I. I just. I don't. I can't really justify it right now. But I don't think we've been too hard on them. I, I just want to ask the question because, like I said, I, that's the only reason I want to ask the two questions to have this conversation. So, look, um, I agree with you guys though. But I just want to ask hit, the hit them deep, playing. Hit them. Hit them. This, this is the thing. <laughs> so when we talk about stick and ball sports. When you brought in Phil Jackson to a job to to come in and do a job, he came in and did the job. Why? because he got the tools and put everything around him to, to get everything done to run his offense the way it's supposed to be run. If you do the job and do what you're asked, the results come. Mm-hmm. Now, he's supposed to be the, the the czar of the playbook when it comes to crew chiefing. I mean, he's got all these parts. He's He doesn't even wear a team shirt because he's – I'm Alan Johnson. I'm Jesus of, of crew chiefing, Okay. So now you want to come out here and you put together a team. Fine. Now I do am preview to the fact that everything isn't the way he normally does it. But the bottom line is if you're the Bill Belichick of crew chief, and then you should know because, hey, you make these parts, right? Everybody's got your parts out here. Everybody has the opportunity to run AJ parts. So you know your parts. You know these things. You know these cars. This car should be running consistently what they're doing right now, or even better, because you're the czar of the playbook. We we talk about it all the time. So it's either the time has passed you by 
or you, sir, have been caught at your own game. And it has nothing to do with his parts. Because let me tell you something. Nobody said anything about Bill Walsh's offense, West Coast offense being out there. It's all over the NFL. So what? But can you run it? Can you coach it? Do you have the right coaches in place? And he's supposed to be the guy. He is the Bill Belichick of this sport. And this is what we got. You got the greatest driver. You got Connie Coletta that's willing to do anything it takes to win. Yet, this is what we're seeing. Average stuff. I'll be honest. And so I would not be surprised if they don't want to race this year. They're, I'm going to come out right here right now and say they're not going to win a race this year. <laughs> not with everybody else. Not with everybody else running the way that yeah. they're running. And, and, and that's, and that's, that's, yeah, that's exactly wait, what I was going to say. Wait yeah. till Leah gets it together. And all I'm going to yeah. ask from Leah is you're doing a lot of work. She does a ton of work. I need you to focus on driving. Just step back a little bit. There's a lot of PR stuff you got to do, and I understand that, but I need you to step back a little bit and focus. Because if you do, you don't cut that 125 light here against Salinas. Not saying you would have won, but at least it's closer. And that that's the thing. They have the car, and then she's missing on the light. Wait till they get it together. I mean, wait till Tony gets it together. Tony's yeah. looking better than him, and he has – I'm not taking anything from Okahara. He's a hell of a crew chief. but Yes, sir. He, he's no Allen Johnson, okay? He's the he's the czar. And there's a lot of yeah. people out here hanging foot in the czar's behind. And you paid money for him to come over here and win you a championship. When I come out here and I go and get a coach, it's like me going and getting Sean Payton and trying to win a Super Bowl when I got players around me. Hmm? No excuse. It. I love it. Gripping, gripping love conversation it. from co-hosts. Yes, you better ask the questions. I love it. Because I'm going to say this and then we're going to get going because, you know, we talk. But anyway, I, I'm happy that you said that because that's what I was kind of thinking. I, I'm kind of thinking, is Doug Collette going to win a race this year? I can see I can see if he doesn't because we've seen it before where great drivers don't win races. And and we know Doug Collette is a great driver. We know that. So... But look at the rest of the class. We all just said it. The rest of the class is not, I mean, I put my qualifying stuff over there. The rest of the class is here. It's not just like a one, two, three, four car race here. I mean, we're talking about 11 cars that are running numbers. Now, you got to kind of be smart about it. And sometimes the tracks can bite you. And you might only best a 378. That's your, your, that's your best run. But we know qualifying. Look at Robert Height. He made one good run in qualifying. He was in the final. He was in the final. And I say it every week. I say it every week. If Robert Height is on the property, he's, he can win. We, we know that. We know that. So it, it's one of those things where it's kind of like I wouldn't be surprised if he didn't. And it's not because that's not a capable driver and team. It's because it's taking them a time to figure it out, one, and two, the rest of the top fuel class is not just going to let you walk all over so you can get a championship because you have Allen Johnson, and that's what you guys want to do. We all want to win a championship, right? So it's not like we're going to lay down for you. Okay, that's all I got to say on that. We need to go. We need to go. First round, top fuel. Because <laughs> we'll sit here and talk. Look, I feel like I'm on first take. I love it. Okay, so we got Antron Brown and Austin Proc. Austin Proc is going to get the win 
there was some issues with the timing, so he didn't really get a time, but we did get a speed, 327 out the bat. So, I mean, he was moving, right? <laughs> we got Sean Langdon and Josh Hart. Sean Langdon, one of the best levers in the class, 59 off the line for Josh Hart. Josh Hart is going to get it. I keep he's saying good. he's going to have a weekend because that's a great call. I mean, how many times do I have to bring it up? He won his first race. The first race he ever contested, he, he channeled Daryl Russell and, and some of the uh, the very few number of drivers that have done that won their debut, and he won it. So I will I, – I never count that Josh Hardcore out. He didn't get it done today, though. 376 to 327 for that DHL CMR roofing top fuel car. Then we got Doug Collette and Cam Ferre. I love seeing Cam Ferre on the sheet. I just like that guy. He's a good guy. Doug Kalitta, he's going to get the win. 374 with the two at 330-23. That's a big, meaty run. That was the first one we saw. I mean, we saw 327 back-to-back in uh, first the right lane, and then the second time we saw it was in the second pair, and it was in the left lane. So we're seeing the big speeds out there, and we're seeing that it's out there. The weather condition, 66. Let's just go back and do that. 46%. Humidity. It was wet out there, uh, Darren. Don't say it. Eight, <laughs> eight sixty-eight <laughs> uh, is the adjusted altitude, and the track temperature was one hundred four, right in the sweet spot. So I'm not surprised to see these three thirties and these high three twenty runs. We got Mike Salinas and Joe Morrison. Well, we know Mike Salinas won this race because he's our race winner. But we're gonna talk about him. Three eighty-eight eight. At 323.12 miles an hour, he had a cylinder out going down the racetrack. Next, we got Steve Torrance and Scott Farley, upset of the day. Scott Farley's going to get the win over the Capco boys, Steve Torrance, uh, 4062. But again, the numbers don't really matter unless they're good. Uh, Brittany Force and Clay Milliken. Brittany's going to get down there and get the win. 3.702, 334. Point nine zero miles per hour. I mean, come on, guys. Two point nine eight two. Yes, two point nine eight two at the eighth mile. Two ninety four fifty six at the eighth mile. This is on a green track, gentlemen. I'm just saying. Eight forty sixty. Okay, like, come on, like uh, that's the quickest. Yeah, that would be the quickest of the round. That's the lowest by about. By a little bit. I mean, Sean Langdon was the next closest. Oh, no, no, no. Uh, Mike Salinas was the next fo- closest. 848. So 8,000s off of Britney. But, I mean, once you get into that 40s, that you're getting it. You're getting it at 60. You're you getting that you getting that hunk of metal moving pretty quick. Next, we got Tony Schumacher and Leah Pruitt, the former teammates here. How about Leah Pruitt's going to get down there? 379.6 at 322. Again, the numbers don't matter. The wind light came on. And then last in this round, we got Justin, Ashley, and Dan Mercier. And how about Justin Ashley? He's going to be next to Salinas in the final. So we know he got this win. 374-3 at 332.10 miles an hour. How about that, including the uh, the margin of victory on the sheets now, guys? I think that's pretty cool. What you got after round one, top fuel, eliminator? I, I just want to say shout out to Scott Farley. Um, if you guys remember, uh, Joey Haas drove that car to the final round of Denver last year. Uh, lost oh, to Steve yeah. Torrance in the final round, but that is the yeah. same car. And so that oh. car has the ability to go around. So I just want to give a shout out to Scott Farley. First career round win. That was pretty dope. 
Yeah, for sure. We love that. I want to give a shout out to Leah Pruitt. Like, I know she's been taking a lot of hits this season, um, yeah. with whether it's being on the tree or, or whatever. Um, look, I've been saying it since day one. No one works harder than Leah. Um, yeah. And like I said, I, I just I need you to take a step back a little bit. I know you like working hard and you grind uh, PR wise. You grind to get these sponsorships. I just need you to take a little bit of step back, let you get your saw on and get get back into driver mode. And yeah. I think if she can get into driver mode, the rest of this stuff is going to take care of itself. Uh, yeah. I think the team is starting to come together. So uh, shout out to Leah uh, for getting out of that first round. And, uh, you know, the car is starting to show some consistency. Absolutely. I know Leah Leah has a huge fan base, right? She has a huge fan mm-hmm. base. Yeah. But she also gets her her bit of, you know, kind of, you know, jokes on, on social media. A lot of people make a lot of jokes and stuff like that. But I want to say this. She is one of the nicest people, like, in the Nitro Pits. I'll be honest. Like, anytime I'm in the media, anytime she comes to the media room or something like that or for an interview, she is just the nicest person. And it's genuine, so you could tell, you know, and it says hi to everybody and stuff like that. So I legit want to see Leah Pruitt do good. Because, I mean, she's yeah, just a real yeah. nice person. And Leah Pruitt can drive. Like, she can drive. Oh, yeah. Like she said, just got to get focused. And she'll start yeah. winning some races. She'll, yeah. They'll be all right. There's a lot she, going on. Yeah. And I understand yeah. exactly. that. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, let's not forget that not too long ago, she was always top three qualifier, always in the semifinals with that um, – that golden car that had that one sponsor on it, you know, that she <laughs> with that with, with Todd Okahara, like yeah. you know, let's not forget. I mean, she was a national record holder for a little minute, okay? So, like, the girl can drive, she's been through some stuff. I mean, she even went through that thing in St. Louis a couple years ago, got out of the car like a champ, and was like, Yeah, you yeah. know. <laughs> like, just like you know, like I love that. Like, but what a time to be alive, gentlemen, because there was a time where we didn't know if they would walk away after stuff like that. So that's just a testament to the safety yeah. of these vehicles. Like yeah. it's crazy. I mean, Darren, I, t- I we talked about it a couple weeks ago. Like, you know, the, these things are happening like over 250 miles an hour when things happen down there and they get out of the car. Like, yeah, well, we'll take a, take the spare car off and get her done. But like, if you hit something in your car going 40, we don't know. Right. Mm -hmm. So it's kind of one of those things. And I always say, like when I tell people about this sport, I'm I definitely am an ambassador for it. Like, hey, you need to see this. Like, You need to see this. I can't I can tell you about it, but it's safer than your car. And they go, really? And I go, yeah, well, let me tell you something. (laughs) And then I just say what I just said. Like, so that's just a testament to who she is as a champion. She is a walking champion. And it helps that she's nice because a lot of them aren't but it's good that it's good that she is and that she's you know that she's 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 gonna get that weekend you know for for her husband tony stewart they race with him not for him i like when they say that all right darren one more thing i know you got something that we go go to funny car go no i i just want to just uh say one more thing about first round of top fuel um one of my favorite drivers of all time antron brown four yes, consecutive sir. first round losses in a row yeah. he hasn't won a round since las vegas for a while it's tough I mean, they are they are struggling big time right now. I don't know what the problem is. Like you said, I know this is the first year team, you know, and you know, I know. But it's the same people. It's the same same people. people, That's the wild part about it. But Mm -hmm. the question is, it could be the same people. But is it the same chassis? Is it the same setup they had at DSR? These two new cars that 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 have been brought out here, and we all know just because you have the same team and now you got two new cars. 
they don't respond the same as your old exactly one. we exactly. all know that no two cars that you have in a trailer respond coming off the gates the way that they do i don't think they exactly. are missing anything i think there's an issue with them with the car how it leaves how it sits you know all these things that we talk about down track with the car bowing up things of that nature how the tires mm-hmm. how it leaves when it the off the line i think there's some problems that they're trying to work out there i definitely don't think it's horsepower i think no. it's a tuning issue between car crew chief them learning that whole thing and once they get that done i think we'll start seeing them go a little bit more rounds and let's be true let's be real they've been having there's a tough draw you where yeah. they're qualifying you're getting a tough draw every yeah. time you go up it's it top fuel's gotten like funny car we exactly. talked about last year uh this is tough man this is tough yeah and on that, on Antron Brown, you know, he did get his chassis from J- uh, JFR. That's a JFR chassis. So, you know, different things. And just because you got the best chassis, you know, that the best top fuel car in the class has doesn't mean you're going to be able, it's going to work with your setup. So right. that that's a huge, huge point. Okay. Okay. We're going to go. We're going to go. All right. Nitro Funny Car. First round. Blake Alexander and J.R. Todd, that DHL Toyota Super. Who's going to be the first one to get it, gentlemen? We don't know, but JR is going to get the win. 411, 282. Again, the numbers don't matter at that point. It's going to be Ron Caps. Huh? It's going to be Ron Caps. You think, you think it's going to be Ron? I, I'm yeah. thinking Ron Caps yeah. as well. In the next pair, we got Robert Hyde and Corey Lee. Robert Hyde is going to get the win, uh, but he went up in smoke. And there's something very interesting that I noticed. And then we're, we're going to keep talking. Um, I'm going to keep going, but I'll come back to that. But anyway, John Forrest, right in the tire tracks of his teammate who just went down the racetrack, not cleanly, because Robert Hyde crosses the line in that win in three, uh, 4.30, 2.8, 280. John Forrest goes right behind him, 391.0, 332 miles an hour. He said at the far end of the racetrack, I was kind of nervous because our cars are set up pretty much the same. And, and so we see what we see a little glimpse of what Robert was gonna run down there against Terry Haddock in the interest of Fair Report. I usually do sponsors, folks. I we can't do that. I'm going, we're going on it today. We got Matt Hagen, your eventual race winner, and Dale Creasy Jr. Peanut. Why are you spoiling got peanut like that? out on the racetrack, huh? Okay, come on. Okay, come on. My people don't. Our people don't live under a rock, my boy. (laughs) They might have known who won the race, but you can't spoil it for them. You gotta like, you gotta build up. You gotta build up to it. You know. Okay. All right. My apologies. My apologies, co-host. Jeez. (laughs) I'm so dead. All right. Four oh nine for Matt Hagen. Two nine two sixty one. He didn't get down there cleanly either. Uh, But they looked like something. Went was going crazy as the car was approaching the finish line. He was definitely, definitely not full song. Easy for me to say, right? Cruz Pedregon and Bob Tasker the third. This is the hometown race for Bob Tasker here. He's not going to win though. That snap on Hellcat is going to get down there first. Three ninety four eight three hundred twenty three seventy four. For Cruise Petrogon, that's a good-looking, funny car, man. I love when that Cruise car goes down the racetrack. It looks beautiful. And then we got Tim Wilkerson and Alexis DeJoya. I always call it the Tim Wilkerson uh, syndrome. Uh, We were talking about Antron just now, but I was going to interject and say, yes, that Tim Wilkerson syndrome, where, you know, you just get a bad draw and you make a great run and you just get outrun. Uh, But that's not the case for Tim, for Wilk this time. 
Alexis got that on. It's 397-324. And then in the last pair, we got Ron Caps and Jim Campbell. Ron Caps is going to get down there. 397-4-323. Almost the same run Alexis just made. Just a thousandth of a second. One thousandth of a second slower. Um, And almost the same speed, too. Uh, So low ET of the race from that P car. 391, 332. Like, come on. Come on. Danny Hood, Tim Fabrizi, all those guys. So I wrote down the numbers, folks. 391, uh, 391, 0, 397, 3, 397, 4, 398, 411, 8, 409, and 432. Those are the winners of the uh, of the of the first round. So it's pretty far out, but again, we got differing uh approaches to first rounds. So my my some my approach might not be the same as your approach. Like, ah, uh, let's see what the track can hold. We see Force just went out there and ran 332, 391. So what can we run? And then it doesn't work for them. So it's kind of like, it's just that interesting thing about nitro cars. <laughs> like you can, no two are the same. Like you just said, d like no two are the same. Even in your trailer, no two cars are the same. It's crazy. What you got before we go to round two? I just want to give a quick shout out to Corey Lee and the New Englander. Uh, first yes. race in, in nine months. Um, if you guys would like, go check out my article on Competition Plus, thecompetitionplus.com, uh, highlighting Corey Lee. Shameless plug. <laughs> Shameless plug. That's our shade room, folks. That's our shade room. No, but, but on a serious note, you know, they, they've they been working hard for the past nine months trying to get back out. They have upgraded a, a whole bunch of new parts on the on the car. Um, and like their goal this year is to run a 405. That's what they want to do. They want to they want to run a 405, and then yeah. they just want to get down the racetrack, be consistent, not tear apart. But they've done a lot of work in the off season, upgraded a lot of stuff on the car. So uh, next race out for them will be Norwalk, which will be after the Bristol race coming up. So uh, look out for them. But I just want to give a shout out to them. And uh, yeah, you talk about you know the the different range of the ETs so far in here in round number one. I mean, this is just a, a simple fact of hey, we're getting closer to summer. It's hot. You know, this is yeah. Pomona or Phoenix where everybody's going to be running, you know, sure. mid to high 380s and low 390s. And it's just, you know, the tune-ups are just everywhere. So, um, yeah, we're going to see the same exact thing in Bristol this this upcoming weekend on Father's Day weekend. It's, ETs yeah. are going to be everywhere. It's going to be hot, slick up in Bristol, Tennessee. I can't wait to see it. But And it's bumpy stop. there, too. It's yeah. really yeah. bumpy in Bristol. Yeah, yeah. yeah. A good, a, But a good, you know, a good, solid first round of funny car in New England. Solid. And the, another thing about that, it's getting hot, but we're still seeing... 332 330 yeah. 329 yeah. 320 like we're still seeing like these these people are the 12,000 horsepower everybody's using it okay we're, we're, it's not a secret anymore i hate when they say 11,000 horsepower no these things are making 12 plus everybody and so when you're able to harness that i don't care how hot it is we're seeing 330 pop up and i granted the track temp was 102 they how like that temp how hot is what uh what are you talking about Talking about, I'm just talking about. I'm just talking about. I'm talking about. I'm confused, so I'm just gonna move on. Top fuel round two. We're gonna live. <laughs> we have fun on the podcast, y'all. We love it. We have fun. So, we got Leah Pruitt and Mike Salinas. All right, now this is what we're kind of gonna kind of interject here because Mike Salinas was driving all weekend and he's been driving the last couple weeks. And Tony Pedragon has been, well, driving all over the track is what I meant. Like, Tony Schumacher, Tony Tony Pedragon has been calling him on it. 
I mean, even last week in um, Virginia, he said this is, I forget what he said. And Tony in the booth was like, ah, I don't agree with that. <laughs> I love what Tony's in the booth because he is so opinionated. He is definitely Cruz Pedregon's brother for sure. Hold but, on, real quick. What did he say, though? Because I only watch on NHRA.TV. What exactly did he say? I think it was something to the effect of it's something that we're working on or something like that. But And I did get a little bit more clarity on what he meant Ooh, by that. You talking about, you talking about Salinas? No, Tony. Yeah, I'm and, talking about Tony. Yeah, I'm talking about Tony. Oh, what did he say? He was basically yeah. saying that he's overdriving the car. That's what he said. Oh, okay, okay. I was asking because, like I said, I watch on NHRA.TV, not Fox. Right. He he's, mm-hmm. he just he just called it. He's driving overdriving the car. And Tony Schumacher, or, God, I keep I keep saying it. <laughs> Tony Pedragon did drive top fuel before. Now they were a, a different beast back then. They were not what they are now. He's driven the long wheelbase mm-hmm. top fuel car. So you kind of you kind of hear the guys talk about it. The difference, the people that have driven both, you see like. Uh, Antron, I like how he describes it. It's more of a, a sports car kind of drive rather than, you know, funny car. You see the onboard shots. We're just going to jump into it now, and, and we'll just end it with the Bristol. You know, this is performance. We, we change on, on the fly. We're going to talk about it now. But the fact of the matter is he's taking the long way down the racetrack. I mean, and even last week, and I said it to you, Darren, I said he was going through the finish line 330 miles an hour and he was not straight. Like the car was not going straight. So it's one of those things where safety is, it, it, we're not talking about, I mean, I would say that if we were going 30 miles an hour, you don't want to hit anybody going that, you don't want to hit anything. I mean, and we're seeing some stuff down there, guys. Like we know that the car, the tires are not one to one down there, so they're all dancing. They all dance, but the way Mike is driving right now is scaring me genuinely. And and I said, and I'm gonna let y'all talk in just a second because I'm ex- I'm passionate about this because we got to keep our drivers safe. It's exciting when you know 380 pops up on the board. That's wonderful. But I don't care if the driver's not okay, right? I don't. I don't want to see anybody get hurt, and 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 this is why when I seen your post, D. Bland, I said, "Oh, we got to talk about it on the show," because I've been thinking this for a couple of years. Because we see some of the funny cars, they get kind of close down there, and I get it. We got target fixation. We're looking at the horizon, horizon, <laughs> and so we can't look directly in front of us, especially when our car's pulling consistently five Gs going down a drag strip. We can't look directly in front of us. We'll be there in a second. The point is the sometimes they lose where they are on the racetrack laterally. And I get that. But it's getting to the point where, like, we're talking about in the shutdown area, which is not a fun place to be for the car. And that that first, like, two seconds after they pull the chutes is scary because the car is, like, really unsettled, even on a good run. The parachutes blossom. If I get too close to you, D-Bland, and my parachutes are out, I don't know that. I'm tangled with you. Now we got a problem down there. And we're also moving at over 250 miles an hour still at that point. So it's like it's getting to the point where it's it's a safety thing. And we would not be doing our jobs as reporters of this great sport if we didn't call him on this. Because and, – and the other drivers, they really get close to the – they get – I mean, we got flames up to the finish line and we're and you getting like real close to the wall and or the other person. And it, it's like, I, you know, it's one of those things. So I really wanted to pick y'all's brains on this 
this week about it. And so I don't care who goes first, but we need to talk about it. No, I'm Car control. I'm going to let D. Blango first. I'm going to let D. Blango first. Let's hear it. Let's go. Um, you said it. You said it correctly. The safety. And, and, you know, you said we would not be doing our jobs. Well, there's a lot of people that are in NHRA that aren't doing their jobs because you should have tweeted this. I, I don't I don't have no qualms about tweeting about a guy. Um, I love Mike Salinas. Absolutely. But when you stand on the far end and you tell and, and you're asked about it and then you say we're fixing it in time. This is not an in time fix, bro. This is not an in time fix. We ain't talking about like uh well your reaction time. We're not talking about well, you know, I I car just doesn't feel that great but I'm getting down there. Look, you don't have a backup car. Okay? You don't. And nobody, nobody wants to see anybody, especially someone who's sponsored by his company, ruin a car and potentially hurt himself. Did you guys not see that one run where the car, it's up, I mean, the tires are just as skinny as they can get. It slides over. You think he's going to just, we've seen that smack of the wall before, mm-hmm. right? So that in time fix stuff, it, it, it's, it's not an in time. It's going to be an in time. You're going to be kissing the wall. It's not a matter of if it's a matter of when. And it was on and this run, this second round right here. It was that run, the one you. That's the one you're talking about. He got really close to the wall. About. That was yeah. scary. We're not talking about you hurting yourself, hurting the equipment, but we're also talking about you can ricochet and end up being in somebody else's lane. And now we got a whole nother set of problems exactly. that we don't want to see. And the bottom line is, is you're going to hold it throttle down. And I get it. It's eliminations. You want to win. But look, man, when you don't have the proper car control and you're behind the race car, that's the worst thing you can be. And I don't need to be a guy who drives. I know the difference between a short wheelbase and a long wheelbase. And those two things drive differently. We see it. You manhandle a funny car. You finesse a top fuel car. Mm -hmm. And you got this is not a end time thing and if you can't get it right we can't have you out here in bristol doing the same thing because this track's bumpy and this track will throw you into a wall or to your opponent and like you said this is about saving and protecting the drivers and the equipment so if you're not gonna if you're not gonna if you're gonna throttle down to this thing then you need to get it right asap otherwise you need to lift and i don't care if it's eliminations or not the risk is not worth the reward because I'm telling you something big is going to happen and it's not going to be pretty at all. And we don't want to see that, especially right. for a guy like Mike Salinas who's doing so well. He doesn't need anything like this to happen. We don't need for them to figure out that they got to go buy a new car and they got to go get this and all these changes. The next thing you know, everything changes. Yeah. He's doing well. He's almost he's right there in championship mode. Yeah. OK, so I, I don't want to hear in time. You need to fix it now. And that yeah. goes for everybody else out there. Whether you're driving a funny car or not, that down, down track and you know it's loose and it's qualifying. Look, man, it's it's qualifying, bro. We only we got 14 cars last week. So what do you need <laughs> to drive through for and end up in somebody else's lane? Get out of the yeah. throttle and at least live to live to fight another day and protect your opponent, protect yourself. That's all I'm saying. But I can't, I, I can't stand by and let somebody tell me that in time fix. Yeah. Nah, bro. Nah. Nah, this ain't in time. This needs to happen now. 
uh so for me i don't really have a big like big take on it um and call me crazy i'm just being honest so when i so remember tj you were on my my, my live post-race show from phoenix when he won phoenix Remember that race? He was all over the racetrack, like in the second round, semifinals, and finals at Phoenix too. Mm-hmm. And I was like, yeah. "What the heck is going on?" But you and Dave told me it was like, "Oh, he has cylinders, cylinders out." I'm like, "Okay," because if you look on all those three of those runs, he has cylinder outs on he both did. sides. Yeah, uh, going towards the top end. So I'm like, "Okay, that that's the reason he's just having cylinders out." But as you've seen recently, he's going down through there, no cylinders Clean out. Clean flames. Still, yeah, and he's all yeah. over the racetrack. So, like I said, I don't have a big take on it. I just hope he can get it fixed, you know, sooner than later. Mike's a great guy. Um, he Absolutely. works hard. You can, tell he, you can tell he wants this really bad. So um, I don't know what's going on. Maybe it's just the, you know, you think about, you know, he's driven pro mods in the past. You know, maybe he's just probably overcorrecting right now. Um, oh, you yeah. know, man, manhandling those cars where a top through drag street kind of got to more have to finesse it a little bit more as far as yeah. more, more than uh, manhandling it. So uh, maybe it's just a bad habit he's picked up. You know, you think about, you know, we always go to stick and ball sports. You, you go to basketball, somebody picks up a bad habit in their jump shot and they got to keep shooting to kind of get it out. Probably just something that, Simple as that. So maybe he can get it fixed real fast. And uh, for a safety issue, you guys are correct. It could cause a safety issue, but I'm not going to panic. Um, he's a professional. I think he'll get it fixed. So that's just my part on it. Yeah, I'm, I, and it's it's not. Well. I I agree. It, it's and it's not that we don't believe in him or anything like that because he's yeah, great. Yeah, we yeah. love him, but it's it's a fact of we're not dealing with like 20 horsepower here. We're dealing with like you know, over 12,000 horsepower. So, you know, and you got clean flames foot to the floor. Like, <laughs> going your through. Your car can't be like, out there doing the Harlem Shake, Jack. Exa- right. why, why is your car twerking <laughs> at 800 feet and you going th- and you, But here's the thing, boys. Here's the thing that kills me because we said it last week at Virginia. This boy is crossing the line going like this. Looking at the the sidewall, three hundred thirty pops up on the board. I'm like this man, <laughs> but but what I'm saying, it's not a panic. It's not anything like that. It's just basically calling the, our drivers out yeah. for what it's it's like like NBA. They call their people out. We call our people out because we hold them accountable. He's a yeah. great guy. He's a great yeah. driver. He's got a great car. I mean, he won the race, right? So he's we don't we don't want to see anything bad happen to that vehicle. Because yeah. that car is winning races, literally. So it's that. That's. I'm glad we got to talk about it. But, folks, just, I'm gonna just say this keep one that. Last keep thing. And, and, oh, one more thing. You said he uh, he he might have uh, picked up a bad habit from driving Pro Mod. Maybe we stop driving Pro Mod for a little while because I see it every. I watch the runs in detail. Every time he left, the car started to kind of hunt to the wall. He corrected it. But overcorrected it a little bit, so now you're facing the center line, and then the car is continuing to accelerate, and so now at that point you're in this kind of situation where the car is twerking, literally, like Harlem shaking down the racetrack. So again, not the worst case scenario. We are just doing our jobs, calling it like we see it. Mike Salinas is a great driver. He's got a great car. Right, look. I'm scared of that car. If I roll up next to Mike Salinas, I don't care what he's got on. Uh, you know, that, that, um, God, I wrote it down. The, 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 the P Valley. I said P Valley. That's a show. Wow. wow. The Valley show. Wow. Wow. <laughs> he's got the Valley thing on there or the Pet Boys, wow. whatever. This is, this is not a PG, PG show no more. After, of all the references we okay. made so far, this is not PG. People. Wow. Really? <laughs> 
Really? I didn't mean to say P-Valley. <laughs> and you continue to say it, though. And look, look, well, I'm going to say it now. So, I, and, I, and I knew it was funny. When I was watching the race, we're going to move on. Wow. When I was watching the race, I looked on the side of the car, and I was like, that says Valley. I'm probably going to say P-Valley tonight on the show. And I did it. I didn't even try to do it. So, folks, if you know what that show is, okay. You just admitted you you watched the show. I don't watch the show. I know of the show. But I I know of the show. Allegedly. Allegedly. I mean, hey, I... I, My God. I don't even know. It's it's a runaway freight train at this point. We're going to get it back in the groove. Ha! We're going to get it back in the groove. And we're going to... We're going to get... Anyway, we end that to say... I I watch Snowfall. So, I mean, you know... I mean, it's not... It's not any, like... I'm embarrassed about it. I just, I have not watched the show. I've, I've been trying to watch it. People have been telling me to watch it, but I don't know. Allegedly. Alle- Alle- <laughs> Allegedly. I do know that one song. It's a really nice song. Okay, we're going to keep going. We're going to keep going. We're going to keep going. <laughs> I am so dead. And let's remember, we got on John Force yes. for his issues. Exactly. We got on John Force for his issues, and he corrected them. I believe yeah. that he will correct them. I mean, look, he had the issues on the starting line. And he, and he fixed get it. Off the line. And look, he fixed it. Mm-hmm. I'm just saying, this ain't it. I don't like it when you stand up there and you say, hey, in time. No, this is not an in time fix, sir. If you're putting cylinders out on the big end, consistently going through the lights, that's an in time fix. Yes. But driving that race car down there as straight as you can. I mean, it's easy for us to say, right? I mean, they're dealing with a lot of forces down there, but no excuses. You're dealing with a lot of forces down there and a lot of car and a lot of situation physically going down there. But guess what? You you got to keep it as straight as possible. Not straight perfectly down the line because that's not always possible. Not practical. But as straight as you can. Protect yourself and your competitor. That's not all. Not the weeble wobble. So and we don't fall down type of running. That exactly, exactly. And because the cars drive like that anyway, they're always spinning the tires, so they're right. dancing down there anyway. Right. That it's just I wish y'all could see what I just did. Anyway, we're gonna keep moving. <laughs> we're gonna keep moving. Brittany Forrest and Austin Proc teammates. Hey, we had a lot of teammate matchups in this second round, boys. How about a side by side? This is actually my my background on my computer right now. Whole shot win for Austin Proc. 373 for 330.96 miles an hour to Britney Forces. <laughs> 3.704 at 334.82 miles per hour. I'll tell you what, if that track was about five feet longer, Britney would have got him. Run him down. They were doing the, the frame by frame at the end to, to, for, to get the margin of victory. Two feet, by the way, gentlemen. Two feet. 41 ten thousandths of a second down there on the big end. Both of them going 330-something. Boy, I tell you what, I, TJ was happy, and I might have screamed. I might have yelped. I love those races. <laughs> love it. Love it. Hey, Brittany Forrest has got a blocker. We was talk, We were talking about this, Darren. Who? What kind of blocker would you have to – what kind of car? If you're a blocker for Brittany Forrest, the best top fuel car in the world – what kind of car do you have to have? And Austin Proc has got that car. He's he beating got them Justin the car. Ashley lights. Yes. He got them yeah. Justin Ashley lights. Both of them are, are pretty nasty. That's why everybody, I, I know it was a little bit of a topic, but um, I, I'm not concerned about like her 
her light. It's it's drag racing, dude. Like yeah, it, 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 it happens. You yeah. know what I mean? And it was your teammate. It just it just so happened to be that way. You know what I mean? It's it stinks. Like I mean, look at her light in the first round. It's it's usually about right round where this is first or second round. This is what she does. It's not even a big deal. And you know, I, I it was no topic of discussion for me. It's just he just was just nasty on the tree. Paul Bunyan's axe, baby. Paul that was Bunyan's just a good, axe. just a good old drag race, man. Just a good old drag. Two feet, top fuel car, thirty foot long. Two feet down there on the top end, man. Darren. Well, I mean, we know Brittany Forrest has the flagship car between the two in the John Forrest stable. Sure. But if, I, if I'm Austin Prague, I'll be, I'll be kind of offended if you call me the blocker car. I mean, dang. I mean, but he but, let's be real. He ain't winning a championship. Yeah, we know. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> right. You're right. Okay. You're right. Okay. I'm, I'm, I'm just saying, as a as a competitor, you know, I'm like, dang, why well, I got to be the blocker? Well, you know? I mean, no, the blocker car. Okay, I, I, my apologies. Maybe I shouldn't have said that because that's a great race car. You got Ron Tobler, you know, turning the wrenches on that thing now. It Come ain't on, in that Monster Energy drink car. Let me tell you that. <laughs> right. He needs <he> <laughs> the main crew Joe Barlow. That's cold. <laughs> They, hey, but you know what? Everybody don't talk about Joe Barlow. That's cool. Everybody, go look at the broadcast. They always talking about Ron Tobler. It's like, okay, but this is Joe yeah, they don't even show call. Joe. They don't even show Joe Barlow on no, TV. They don't get no love. Look, Joe, I've been saying it the whole time. This is your ride. This is what you do. Yeah, this is your race car. Tobler's the assistant. Technically, this is your car. He, he flies he out flies after every race. Every day. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry, Mr. Joe Barlam, if you're listening. Disrespectful. I'm so sorry. <laughs> this is the best podcast ever. Okay. So we got another what? I'm sorry, I don't mean cut you. You know what this 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 reminds me of? Do you guys watch um Jay Will Max and uh and uh, on ESPN? Is is Jay Will Max and uh and Keyshawn in the morning? Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's the kind of vibes that we go for when all three of us are here. Like, uh, come on. Like, I love it. That's funny. Okay, Joe Barlow. Joe Barlow. So, like I was yeah, saying, big. like I was saying, put some respect on his name. Yeah. I had a brain fart. I couldn't remember it. I saw Ron Tobler in my head, and that's why I said his name. Yes. Okay. That's a good car. So, I mean, we saw what it did last weekend in Virginia. It really kind of, I mean, those 60s that he was putting up on the board. Like, that's a great car. But like we said, if it comes board. down to if it, right, if it comes down to it, I, maybe I shouldn't call it the blocker car. But, you know, it's TV better than car. it's better than the B car. You know, like they said on the TV show this, this past weekend. Well, <laughs> Tony's you a blocker. All right, you blocker. I'm sorry. Well, he is the You're blocker. Okay, he's the blocker. <laughs> but that's, I mean, I would want to be the blocker for uh, for Brittany Forrest. That means I have a car that can run with her. I have to be able to beat the car I'm blocking for, I feel like. That's right. That's my opinion. You and know? He can he can be the Steve Torrance. He can Absolutely. be the Justin Ashley. He's proven mm-hmm. that. As a matter of fact, I believe he has Justin Ashley's number because he done beat him. Proc has beat Justin more than Justin has beat Proc. So, yeah, he is the blocker guard, but he ain't beating his teammate. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, like I said, if the track was literally two feet longer, Brittany Force would have won. 334, she was chasing him down. Let's look at the numbers real quick before we move on, because I have to. This was the best race of the day, for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, we got three flat to uh, to the eighth mile for uh, Austin Proc, and then 2.981 for Brittany Force. Brittany was quicker on 
every single increment of the racetrack. She was coming for him, but just ran out of real estate. But, you know, it's one of those things. It's one of those things. We got another, it's drag racing, right place at the right time kind of sport. We got Doug Kalitta and Sean Langdon, two more teammates, two more teammates. How about Sean Langdon's going to get the win over Doug Kalitta? 3.787 at 324. Doug Kalitta ran into some problems, and his day is done. But he made he it past first round. another long, smoky burnout. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> I'm so dead. With header flames. Well, well, sometimes there's header flames on the burnout. I'm, I'm so dead. Oh, man. <laughs> Weak. Okay, and then on the last one, we got Justin Ashley and Scott Farley. Uh, Scott Farley actually got into some trouble in the first round and melted some wiring and wasn't able to get the car back. Mm -hmm. So tough tough break for them. Tough tough break break. for them. Yeah, for sure. Uh, But they'll be back out. I mean, it's just the it's just the realist, you know, the realistic part of it. You know, like everybody's not working with the same funding out here. So when that when those kind of things happen. We don't have the resources. We don't have the parts, you know. And Tony Petragon even said it. Yeah, another crew might have just belted, uh, bolted on another, you know, whole situation, but they don't have that that luxury. So that was a tough break for them. I'm sure Justin Ashley would have liked to hear a car in the other lane, but he's going to get the win, 3.786 to 3.2806. The track had gotten a little more hot by 5 degrees, 107 track temp. Quickest run on the trailer. The quickest run of the round, 3.704 from the Monster Energy car. It's on the trailer. Um, so we already covered Salinas. We're not worried about him, but, you know, fix we it. fix it. That's all. That's all. Just fix it. All right. Nitro Funny Car, round two. We got Cruz Pedregon and J.R. Todd, the besties. The besties. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> I'm kidding. They are not too fond of each other, guys, just in case you didn't know. Cruz is not going to get the win this time because J.R. Ty and that DHL Super is going to get it. 4019. Let's look at the, the, the starting line. Cruz got him off the starting line, and uh, J.R. was quicker to 60s, 900 to a 915. Um, in the next one, we got John Force and Ron Caps. The 114th matchup for these two. You know who's matched up more? John Forrest and Cruz Pedragon. So, so that's, I always love when that Napa card lines up against that peak Blue Death Camaro. How about Ron Caps is going to get the win? 3.946 uh, at 328. John, um, he, he, he rolled it in a little bit. I, I see that at the 60 foot blocks. He got uh, 918. I mean, he just ran a nine. I mean, a three ninety one in the previous round. So I don't think they backed that car down that much. Uh, but they showed they showed the run from the uh, from the drone that they have, which I love that we have the drone because you can really see how these cars yeah. accelerate from the top. It's stupid. But Ron Caps after they passed sixty foot, Ron, it was all Ron Caps. John was there, but you know, I mean, four hundred one. The other guys running three ninety four. Not much you can do on that one, uh, but it's all good. Nobody's worried about that peak Blue Dev car. It's it's one of the cars that are going to be in the conversation all year long. In the next one, we got Robert Height and Alexis DeJoria. Robert Height's going to get down there at 3.933 after not getting down the track in the first round. <laughs> 3.933, 326. 
he figured something out. Uh, 74 off the line uh, to Alexis is 106. That's typically something we see in the funny car class, the, the one kind of the reaction it's time. It's this year, ain't it? Yeah. that has been a lot this year. Mm-hmm. I, I tweeted out in the first round. I was like, what are people? Are people a little nervous? Are they scared of the racetrack? <laughs> like, all these 140s, 150s, like 137. What, uh-huh. What's going on here? Like, it, it's been like that a lot this year, though. Yeah. And and this is the the quick, the interesting thing that about Robert's run. So remember, he didn't get down the racetrack in the first run. All of his increments were set up to be 200s consistently quicker at each increment of the racetrack. So what he did in this specific run, he was set up to run 200s of a second quicker and it just didn't hold in the previous round. But he slowed it down by 200s and he got down there 393.3. 326. I thought that was interesting because I always like to look back like, okay, let me let me see how much you backed it down. You know, uh, let me see. And then we got Matt Hagen, who's going to get an uncontested win by into the final 394-8-323. How about he said at the other end of the racetrack, oh no, this was Ron Caps that said this uh, after he beat John. He said he still gets goosebumps when he lines up in, against this guy. Like, how how amazing is that? Like, these are the two best, two of the best that have ever strapped on a fire suit and, and, and drove a nitro flopper down the racetrack. He still gets goosebumps. He said he had it lined up next to him in qualifying. He got goosebumps lining up next to him, staging up against him. That, I just think that's cool when the drivers the are fans of, of all time. Yes. Like, he doesn't want he doesn't want to be called that. But I'm sorry, John. Like, I mean, I was a kid. I was in first grade. Like when I found out about. John Force and yeah, he wasn't winning like that when when I was growing up. But you know, at that that age, but he was my favorite. And oh yeah, to do what he's done in this sport to still be. I mean, he was racing with the Snake. Yeah, you know, Mongo. He's racing with all these older guys who are not out here. You are the greatest of all time, whether you like it or not. And yes. when they line up against you, I mean, Caps has been out here a long time too, but he's a young cat, like. He's not he's not John Force. Exactly. You know what I mean? Not saying driving wise. I'm just saying he hasn't been out here and as done long. the things as mm-hmm. long as John Force had the championships, all of it. The I mean, people were afraid of John Force back in the day, like deathly afraid of facing that car. Would overload the racetrack. You are the greatest of all time. Of course you would get the chills. I would. <laughs> yeah. Okay, this is our this is our we have it every week, Darren. You're gonna get to say something to this. You no, know, we have to we do a John Force session every every week where we just praise John Force. I have the 2003 paint scheme right here. You know, this is one of my favorite paint schemes here. You know, I mean the best, the best ever. The best. I mean, TJ, what can you say? TJ, they what can't can see it. This is audio. I'm showing y'all, <laughs> Darren. <laughs> where did D, where did D Blanc go? <laughs> he went to get a car. We're talking to oh, this our John oh, Force. That's a nice one. The nice. Tasca car. Yeah. yeah. Okay, folks, yeah. just so you know, we're geeking out about John Force and we're showing okay. diecasts ranging in scale from 164, which is what I have, to 124 because Pretty I know nice, diecasts. Huh? He, he drove nice. that car in Redding 2002. Mm-hmm. That's a yeah, nice Redding, one. Redding 2002. Yeah that's, when, yeah, that's when he ran that car. Redding 2002. The nice and the the red, oh, oh, nasty, yeah. nasty. 
The man comes with the paint jobs. I don't care what you say. Because All right, Darren, let's say something so we can go on the top few. Except for that fake throwback. All right, so... Oh. Um, <laughs> okay, come on, the gold card. The fake uh, throwback from Houston with the uh, the green top. Oh. You, didn't, you didn't like that? You didn't like that one? No, so. but, but she did. But uh, Sarah did did explain why, and okay. I, I, I accept that. Sarah said why it was on a different show, uh, and I accept that. Okay, what did she say? Uh, she said that you know they couldn't do the full throwback. They wanted to do the they, they're, when he retires, whenever that is. Um, he they will do a, a official throwback like that on his, you know, his final tour, which makes right. sense. Do the whole you go all out for the for the final tour. So I get that. I I, I respect that. I don't okay. think the man's gonna ever retire. Um, I don't want to think of that. Yeah, I don't either. Uh, and either way, whether it's whether it's retiring or he, you know, does whatever you know people do when they get older, um, I'm gonna cry like uh, oh yeah, a like child. A, yeah, I'm I'm gonna be inconsolable for weeks. I don't want to talk. <laughs> Just leave me alone, John. I, I told him he couldn't retire. I entered when I interviewed him a few years ago. I told him he couldn't retire. Good because like, he I can't. Don't want, I don't even want to think of that. Like I, I, can't. I can't. I don't. Process. I don't want to. Yeah, I don't want to. <laughs> All right, Darren, let's go. All right, here goes your John Four stat of the week. Um, so, obviously, Epping was last weekend. Well, that Saturday. Hey, what are you going to say? Homer. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so, the Saturday of Epping was actually the 22nd anniversary of when John Force scored his 86th career national win, passing Bob Glenn for the most wins in NHR history in Chicago, 2000. That was the 22nd anniversary. So there goes your John Force Saturday of the week. He beat Jerry Tolliver in the Rock, funny car, in the final round to pick up his 86th career national win, passing Bob Glenn for the most wins all time in NHR history. That is your John Force Saturday of the week. We're do- we're doing it every week from now on. We've been kind of doing it indirectly where we just talk about John Forrest for 15 minutes on the podcast. We're now going to do it, the John Forrest staff. Is that what you want to call the segment, Darren? It's your segment. So what do you want to call it? I'm going to say right. this. I'm going to say this. You're welcome. Well, thank you. I said thank you already. <laughs> just playing. It's, it's great. It's, I love it's it. It's great stuff. I mean, you know. It is. The guy just has all the stats. It's absolutely ridiculous. It's, okay? yeah. He's like, he's young. I'm yeah. 41, and this guy just spitting out stats like, you know, these type of stats like, you know, I, like I should be, but I'm just, I, I just I, don't remember. And, that. I mean, we're, I'm only a, a year older than him, so I'm like, he knows so many things. And I, and I okay, before we move on, it's I'm like, ridiculous. how old is Darren? Like, And then I thought, I'm like, wait. <laughs> Cause you know you, you're the throwback that's drag the racer he guy. Hasn't even seen. Exactly. He didn't see exactly. Did. That's the thing. So I'm like, so I'm like, okay, <laughs> how old is Darren? Like, I thought I was older. <laughs> so I'm like sitting here questioning my life. Like, exactly. Like, how do I'm about? To, I'm gonna be thirty in November. Oh, okay. 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 Yeah, I'm eleven years older than you. Hey, we got. I love it because look, because hey. I, I, I'm glad I'm not the only one. Because I'm it's like, okay, hey, I'm, I, I've accepted. I'm usually the old guy wherever I go now. So hey, you know, it's, it's, it's the times change. You know, so I'm I love it. Guy. I love it. Okay, so Darren, go ahead and grace us with the top fuel eliminator for for this episode for the one time. Go ahead and do it. All right, it's now time for semifinals of top fuel eliminator. 
Yes, sir. Yes, sir. We got number eight, number 12, number seven, and number three qualifiers. I love the parody. We usually see the parody in Top Fuel. Usually in Funny Car, you're going to see that number one qualifier. Whoever it is, they're going to be in the semifinal round. They're going to be in the final four. So in the we got Justin Ashley and Sean Langdon. Boy, was this a great drag race. This was almost a repeat of the Monster and Montana brand Top Fuel uh, race here. Two feet, same margin of victory, but a little bit more on the time, 48 ten thousandths of a second. Uh, so a, not as close as Britney's, but I mean, right. We're talking like seven ten thousandths of a second of a difference, but same difference. They're both going 300. Uh, yeah, wait, that doesn't look right. No, nah, that, that time is, is right. Yeah, that's it not wrong. That's wrong. They can't get the timing right. They can't. I'm, I'm, I'm going to shut up. Because I'm just going to go on a rant. If you listen to my show, you hear my frustration. Okay. So, okay. But I'm going to say this, bro. I'm going to say this. It makes it. I'm going to say this and then we're going to move on. Two feet. Top two feet. Two feet at the end of the racetrack. But here's. uh, Oh, no. This is what I'm going to say, though. It makes it a little hard for someone like me who literally relies on the numbers for my stuff. So when I go, when I look down, I'm like, wait, I know for a fact he was not going 300 down there at 327, two feet down there. Oh, no. Oh, no. I know. I, I, the devil is a lie. I know. Fix That's it. not the case. Fix okay. it. Fix it. I mean, I think you guys were talking about it in our group chat. We need somebody like the NFL, the NBA, the MLB has, like somebody that comes in and does stats for us. It's they're they're doing it in house. Okay, I'm, I, I see Darren. I see they uh, had a Blaine. guy. They, they had, had a guy? guy. They did. Remember, Louis Bloom. Yes, they had a guy. What happened to him? COVID. But they yeah. didn't. They don't bring the guy back. Like it's clear that they're not staffed well enough to get the job done. And these things are important when we have yeah. to do a show. And it also looks bad when you're a professional outfit. And we go to your website, and the crap is not right. Yeah. I mean, Gainesville's a prime example. It was horrific. Don't tell me that the timing doesn't work when I'm covering your sport. Get it right. Fix it. I, I agree with you. But I would just say this, though. As, like, an alternate place to go, Drag Race Central always has the, the – Yeah, you sent me there before. Oh, I should have yeah. been an alternate place when you're a professional outfit. Do I go, do I, do, do I go to yeah. some other website to get NASCAR stats? I agree. Come yeah, I agree on, man. I, yeah, I, I got a next You're, you're sponsored by Camping World. Get the right people in here who give a crap and get this stuff right. We're in like race eight. I'm tired of it. I really am. Somebody's in there. Yeah, somebody's in there making, you know, this is their like first job or something. They don't really care about it. I mean, I would, do it. I would do it. I would do it. Like, like it, I need these numbers. I need them because I can't. I mean, we don't have access to what the crew chiefs and stuff had that little time machine. I wish I could look at that, but like, awesome. this is all we have. It and even on here, they're uh, they're, they're putting the margin of victory on here, which I appreciate. But like, I I can't come on here as a reporter and say this is what this guy ran, and that that's not what they ran, or they run something different, or you know, I go to Drag Race Central, which I do appreciate because I've I've had to use it before. And it's a it's a great, but they don't have the incrementals there. I need to see my 60s, my 330s. I need to see that because that's telling us the story of what's happening down the racetrack. So it's just one of those things we need to do. It's one of the things 
the sport is getting better. We need to shed light on this kind of stuff because it makes it hard to report for it. Because, I mean, we 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 make do. I'm gonna I'm gonna do it. I'm gonna figure it out. I, but I will say on the podcast, oh, this is weird. I don't know why it's like that. Or maybe I wrote something weird. The point is, the numbers have to be accurate because this is these people's. This is work. Somebody worked to send a car down the racetrack to run three point seven seven six. I know for a fact he wasn't running three hundred out the back end. I know he wasn't. So it's just one of those things. Your sport or not? Yeah. Do you want us to? You want people to cover your sport or not? That's just all I'm saying. Like you want to be covered and you want to be up there with the big boys, then start doing things like big boys do. Because this right here is amateurish and it's been going on all season long. I'm not holding back from this one all season long. Whether it's on NHRA TV, whether it's on the website, look, people are following this sport. They need accuracy. You want people to yeah. cover it? They need accuracy. Do your job. Fix it, man. Like, tired of talking about it. In the story. And and so yeah. you guys talk about that. Um, have you noticed within the past few years, this year and probably last year, we're seeing a lot more timing, you know, mess ups mm-hmm. and stuff Ooh, like, like this. Talk yeah. it, that. Let's like, talk about this, that. For, for, like we like you talk about <laughs> two years ago, we've never seen this. It's starting to happen more often. Yeah. In the, in well, we're going memories. we're going to Bristol in a couple of weeks, and we remember what happened last year at Bristol, where there were exact because he he look header flames through the roof, foot to the floor. He pulled the shoots, and I just knew it was going to be do something all this nice. Scientific stuff. But we couldn't figure out and do all the math to figure out how how fast he was going so he could get a time because he's involved in a championship race, guys. Yeah, at that time. Yeah, Come at on, that time. Son. Yeah. Like, I don't want to hear it. Yeah. I'm tired of that too. Okay. Yeah. This is it. you have one job. One job. Timing is critical for these guys. And they yeah. can't go around losing runs when you only got three qualifying sessions. And then we talk about the weather is a factor. Look, they're trying to do everything they can to get the right run right down the racetrack to get where they need to get to, and then you can't get the right, right the the on timing right, and you have to go well. Uh, that time is good. That's got to be thrown out because it's not accurate. Well, whose fault is that? But you're blaming the drivers and the crew chiefs for this. They're taking the fall for it, and you take no responsibility, none. They have yet to take responsibility. And I talked about it last season, and here we are. In 2022 season, and we're still talking about timing issues. That's what our sport is built on, timing. It's sponsored by Camping World, and exactly, it's built on yeah. timing. And you think we these drivers that. can afford, with as tight as these daggone championship races are, as tight as the points are, you think they can afford to have a run thrown out because of your negligence? I think not. Come on, we, man. We talking about practice? Not a game. Not a game. Not Not a game. game. But practice. practice. <laughs> <laughs> Get it right. Oh, man. Darren, I want to say before we jump. Yeah, you're right. Deep, Can't deep play blank, you're with right. Them. Can't win with them. Can't coach with them. Can't do it. Y'all need I can't. group. Look, I can't. You said everything. But I, I want to say before we move, get back into it, I, I heard – um, his mama called him Clay, so I'm gonna call him Clay on, on NBA last night. And I thought of, I said no. My bro said it first, <laughs> and got the driver to tweet it and stuff. No, that must so, have been in the Clay second Miller. half because I stopped watching after first. <laughs> yeah, it was it was in the second half because yeah. that's when Clay Thompson started going crazy. Anyway, anyway, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna Clay, talk. About, I'm gonna call him Clay. 
I'm gonna call him Clay. I'm gonna call him Clay. That's just what I'm gonna call him at the end of the day. All right. <laughs> so we got Austin Prog and Mike Salinas. This is the best podcast ever, by the way. I say that every week. We got Mike Salinas, 386-5-389-63. It's all in good fun, but I probably think this was might this maybe was the straightest run he, he made that that this weekend here. Um, how about Austin Prog? I love him. I love I love Mike Salinas. Austin Proc dropping holes through uh through the finish line. They had a team meeting, JFR crew chiefs, meeting of the minds. Imagine how just David just imagine the people that are in that room for a John Forrest crew chief meeting. And they fixed it. So, I mean, he didn't put out any holes going down there next to Brittany. So they definitely fixed it. But uh, I just thought that was interesting. I wanted to talk about it on the show that they they were having problems with Austin's car dropping cylinders down track. And all the JFR crew chiefs got together, like, "Hey, let's fix this." So, and they did. I mean, he just he just got into some trouble uh, before three thirty on this one, but they fixed it. He wasn't putting out holes. It was going just down a the super st- smoky burnout. Yeah, it was just it was just a. <laughs> If this ain't first take, I need to know what is. I love this. This is amazing. Okay. So, funny car, final four. We got number one, number 10, number three, and number seven in the final four. Side, another side-by-side. You guys know I love my side-by-sides. Matt Hagen and J.R. Todd. Outrun on the back end of the race. Matt Hagen won the race by five feet. Now, this is crucial because we know how the long the cars are. It's about 10 feet for a Nitro Funny car, 30 for a top fuel car. So when it's ever with, whenever it's within that number, it's like, okay, we got to talk about it because it's close. Five feet, that's, that's pretty close. Going 320, both cars out the back end, 398 for J.R. Ty and 396 Matt Hagen. Matt Hagen is going to another final at Epping. Oh, surprise, surprise. The man is dominant here. Then we got Robert Height and Ron Caps. Two, again, once you get to this point in the day, you're going to get those fire matchups like Robert Height and Matt and, 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 and Ron Caps. That's awesome. 409, 392.7 for Robert Height. 327. I tell you what, that car. Look, and, and, and Tony Schmacher, uh, I did it again. Tony Pedregon even said it on the pot, on, on the on the on the show. He said, "You cannot beat Robert Hyde on seven cylinders. You cannot. <laughs> you cannot." That's like trying to beat. That's trying to. That's like trying to beat Brittany on seven. That ain't happening. But and I bring this race up from last year, Darren. You remember where Brittany beat? I forget. Uh, I think it was when she rose when she raced um, Josh Hart. He was on eight cylinders. She was on seven, and she was right next to him. Yeah. This was in St. Louis. Mm-hmm. She was right next to him. That's nasty. That's I mean, come that on. Is. That's disgusting. That anyway, sixth final for Matt Hagen in 2022. Stop me if you've heard this one, gentlemen. Robert Height versus Matt Hagen in the final round. Fifth final of the season for the AAA of Northern New England, not Southern California this weekend because this is one of those special races where they do that nice paint scheme that I love on that Camaro. All right, well, we're going to jump right back into Funny Car because we know how they do the finals at NHRA. We got Robert Hyde and Matt Hagen. How about Matt Hagen? Mm, 
I'm going to get a pretty uncontested win here. 3.922, That's a solid run. He was ready for Robert. Whatever Robert was bringing to the starting line, he was ready for it. Uh, because, I mean, 879 for, for Robert Hype. He was a whole tenth of a second quicker to 60, but just too aggressive. Couldn't keep it uh, solid to the racetrack. Uh, and the trouble in that power broker's car streaks into... It wasn't the sunset, I guess. I guess it would be cloud cover. Streaks into the winner's circle. Number four for Matt Hagen this year. You know, he was ready for him. Dickie Venables racing all good quality cars all day. They were ready for Robert. They did not think that he was going to lay over for him. It's just going to be a dogfight the rest of the season, guys, especially in Nitro Funny Car. It's just going to be a dogfight. And and he and Matt said it at the far end of the racetrack. How about that mustache this weekend from Matt? Yeah, I was like, yeah, I was, yeah, I was, I saw it on the NHRA TV. I was like, whoa, that was jarring. That doesn't look like Matt Hagen. Tiger King though. Yeah, okay. Hey, I ain't trying to be rude, Matt. I'm just saying, you know what I mean. With the picture side by side with that mustache, you look like Tiger King. I am dead. Forty off the line for Matt Hagen though. Go Darren. A heavyweight prize fight in the final round between Matt Hagen and Robert Height. Heavyweight prize fight, and it, this isn't this isn't just Robert Height and Matt Hagen. This is Dickie Venables and Jimmy Proc in the final Jimmy round as Proc. well. And Absolutely. if you guys remember, right before the final, right before the final, both dudes went into the toy box right before the they final sure round, went to the fight and made some mm-hmm. adjustments. Maybe uh, Jimmy Proc just went a little over the edge, ended up smoking yeah. the tires. You know, these two dudes got a lot of respect for each other. You know, exactly. a little mind. Look. You go in the toy box, you're automatically playing mind games. You're like, well, what is he doing? Yep. What am I doing? What is he right, doing? right, right. Yeah. You start to think about maybe yeah. I don't have enough. Uh, maybe yeah. I don't have enough. <laughs> look, yeah. look, or look. So y'all roll up to the line, and I and I got my. I'm you know I go in there and I'm like, well, what? I might just open it up just to, you know I'm gonna open it up just to see. If I ain't gonna do nothing. I, I think we good the way we came up here. But then you start thinking, well, what is he changing? Do I need to change yeah. something? So then you, you're like, yeah. So you're absolutely right. It's always a battle of the crew chiefs when they're up there. Like, and I love seeing that, especially when Dickie Venables is on one side and Jimmy Proc is on the other. I tell you what, it's gonna be TSR and JFR. Going back and forth all year, I believe, and then we we got the other we got the others in there. Jr. John Forrest, Ron Caps, Lexus. You know, we, we the whole class is can step up at any time. But it's gonna be a dogfight, gentlemen. I, and I, I tell you what, we got good seats. Okay, let, let's be real. Let's be real though. So you, you mentioned all those other guys and gals, which they can't step up. Yeah, it's a long way to go. It's still a long way to go. But yeah. so, but so before before we went to Charlotte, it was the big three. It was Robert Height, Matt Hagen, Ron Caps. Right. Ron Caps is kind of tailed off just a little bit, you know, just a little bit. We're gonna take a look at the points just a little bit. Let's be real. We talk about how competitive Funny Car was last year. How like you know it's like five six guys going for the points lead last year. It's all Robert Height and Matt Hagen right now. They're the oh cream yeah. Of the crop. They're oh yeah. Like they're the cream of the crop right now. Just as far as right yeah. now, points oh, lead. Yeah. Uh, Matt Hagen obviously in the points lead right now. Robert Height is second, forty one points out. Ron Caps is third, 163 points out. So, like I said, Robert and Matt are separating themselves for the rest of the class. Ron Caps is 163 points out. Gap. That's over a race and a half. Yeah, they're gapping them. John Force in fourth, and Cruz uh, <laughs> Petrobon fifth. J.R. Todd sixth, Bob Tasca seventh, Alexis DeJoya eighth, Chad Green ninth, and Tim Wilkerson rounds out the top ten with Blake Alexander right there in eleven. So, yeah, Robert Height, Matt Hagen, you know, they're they're separating themselves for the rest of the class. Absolutely, you're 100% spot on. This is the thing that I'm looking for down the stretch. We are entering the third quarter 
of the regular season. Mm-hmm. And this will be the first race of the third quarter of the regular season. As we start to get into third and fourth quarter of this regular season, we're going to start to get into a hot, hot weather tracks. Yep. I'm looking at John Force has done an excellent job running in the heat. And that's not something he's really known for over the last exactly. couple of years. Well, exactly. He's running very well in the heat, throwing down some numbers that are like, huh? Where did that come from? <laughs> exactly. We believe that Cruz can do this because they are already running that hot weather tune-up. Um, they're not they haven't creeped out and stepped out like some of the other cars running, you know, the low 80s type numbers. They you know they're gonna come out. They're going to run a 390 with ease. Mm-hmm. Consistency's been a problem for them, though. Yeah, as we've seen, um, the top five is pretty much where it was almost at the beginning of the countdown last year. There's three cars to watch, though. Blake Alexander, I'm predicting it right now, jumps into the top 10. I don't know what the heck's going on with Tim Wilkerson. I don't know if he's in his own head at this point because. He's had a car mm-hmm. and had a car that could go rounds. It just seems like it. you, you end up with a, a bad matchup and either sometimes the tune-up is not what it was when we saw it in qualifying or you have the reverse and you just either red light, you're late, or it's not enough. Barely yeah. not enough. I think Blake Alexander, if they can come out and run, run and continue to run very well in consistency and races, I mean, they're not that far. They're one point back. <laughs> from right. Tim and they are running a lot better than Tim at this point uh, especially in the last half of the second quarter of, of this regular season um, yeah. and then I'm looking at J.R. Todd and I think Bob Tasca gets this thing turned around uh, oh, I yeah. thought I thought Epping as far as the, the qualifying showed that they have the ability to do that um, and uh, I think J.R. showed that as well I think they got a little bit of a you know got a little bit of a momentum push here uh, at Epping to catapult them right here into Bristol. Uh, so we'll see how it all goes. But um, you're right, man. This is uh, this is a two-man show right now for the regular season. And it, it's hype and it's Hagen. Hype and Hagen. And, and it's, it's that's just TSR, JFR right now. I mean, nobody else has really stepped up. And, and that, those were the words of Matt Hagen, you know, when he mentioned all those other drivers. But, I mean – we're looking at the numbers. We see it every week, week in and week out. We see the trends. You start to see the patterns and stuff. I mean, like I said before, we, we talked about the final. Stop me if you've heard this one this year. Matt Hagen in one lane, Robert Wright in the other. So, I mean, it's going to be a dogfight. And he mentioned Robert first because we know Robert Height had a kind of an off year last year, but he still was getting it, you know, still getting after it, still running numbers, but not running like the Robert Height car we know. So they're doing it again. And, but you know, you got that T, you know, that Tony Stewart race. That's so cool. We get to say that, you know, talking about nitro cars. I just think that's really cool. Smoke and doing, dealing with the nitro people now. So I just love that. But, you know, we, we have to kind of wait and see what's about to get hot. We're gonna we're gonna do a quick preview of Bristol once we talk about this final. But I mean, so save your thoughts on that. But seriously, it's about to get hot out there. And John Forrest has been re- making some runs that go what? Because <laughs> you know, low three nineties, three thirty, whatever. I'm like, I mean, that was a couple weeks ago. I mean, we're seeing three thirties come out of these cars 
when the racetrack is like 118 degrees. It's so I, I, we, we got to hold on. We got to hold on for that. All right, D. Darren. Real quick. Real quick, I just want to say this, putting a cap on funny cars. So Matt Hagen, third win of the year. That ties Robert Height for the most wins in the class so far. They're both tied three apiece. But this yep. is his fourth win at Epping in the past five years. Yep. Fourth that, win at Epping insane. in the f- past five years. Crazy. He, had, he, wore that, he wore that handlebar mustache yeah, doing yeah. it. So. He has the juice at Epping. But I just want to say this real quick. So, um, and this is my opinion. So, <laughs> you know, obviously we're getting into the hot summer months and stuff like that. We talk about who's going to run good in the heat and stuff like that. But let's not forget. The countdown to the championship is in the fall. When the when the conditions get cooler, the, the countdowns in the fall. Like yeah, maybe the sure. first maybe, maybe the first one or two races are probably you know you know you know um, not tight like what do they call it you know mediocre conditions. But once we get to those last three four races of the year, it's gonna be cool. You got to be able to throw down at those last four races of the year. So it's great yeah. to run the heat and it's great to you know run good during the summer months. But it's all about the countdown, run good in the cool conditions. That's just how I feel. Well, in my opinion. it's so. it's all about. I mean, you're right. But it's all about momentum. You, you got to make sure you, you, yeah. So, I mean, of course. Bob you was killing it last year early. Exactly. In and exactly. Uh, I don't know what happened. He he, he did somebody wrong or something because he lost his mojo. <laughs> <laughs> he lost his mojo quick. Look. So it's not about what you do in the regular season. It's about what you do in the playoffs. Exactly. You know, but Everything is all fun and games here, but. You know, exactly, that, 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 and that's that's a good point. And the you know they, call, I don't like the welfare point system. I don't like that. But it's my, my thing is I like to see how the whole season progresses. So like, yeah, granted, we sit we sit here and talk about the points right now. Are these points probably gonna matter when it comes to those throwdown races? No, no. But you still want to see the trends on, and it gives us good talking points. Like okay. Who, who who do we think is going to look good? But we kind of have to look back to the first couple races, those folks that were throwing down. But, you know, here's the other thing. As the year goes, teams start to get it. They're like, oh, okay, well, this is how we run 380s or 390s or whatever. This is how we do it. So some of them, not all of them, some of them, when they get to those situations where they're like, oh, okay, now we need to, now, you know, we get to the St. Louis where, you know, that that's a record record-breaking track like okay we know we're gonna have to get after it this week or you know we might have a freak weekend where it's like 80 degrees that you know in in october that happens so it's like i think it's, it's kind of about the versatility for me i mm-hmm. you guys are absolutely right because at the end of the day the countdown is what matters and it is in the fall but just because it's fall don't mean it's gonna be cool out <laughs> <laughs> we could have a, a one of those freak weather days where they got to pull out a, a, a tune-up from, you know, Bristol because it's 150 degrees. Just like we had Bristol last year that it was like 32 degrees out there when they were at Bristol last fall. So it's kind of one of those things where it's, we just kind of got to be ready. We got to know the car. We got to know our car so well in any conditions. We can run it if it's icebox or if it's oven. We we can run it. We can get it down the racetrack. Anything in between. So yeah, I, I love this conversation. It's gripping. It's wonderful. But we got one more final to talk about, folks. We got Justin Ashley and Mike Salinas. Mike Salinas is get win. He wants more to the long way down the racetrack, but that's okay. We already covered three seventy two nine three hundred thirty miles an hour. <laughs> like 
this car. That that's another reason why I'm like stressed when he's going down there and driving that car like that. Because not only not even not even the obvious thing, oh, he's gonna hit something or someone. Yeah, we we covered that. But as you're driving a top fuel car, you're stressing the body out by not driving it straight. So you're you're t- potentially talking about having the front half or back half this car before maybe you plan to do it. And then that changes the car's dynamics too. It's going to react differently. It's going to drive differently. So that's what I'm kind of worried about. Like, oh, I don't want you to have to do a, a mid-season change with this car. And and it changes the performance. Because look at this car, guys. Like, Pet Boys, Valley Services. Like, the car is is mean right now. I mean, we're talking 330 in the final. What was the track temperature? 75 degrees, track temp. Uh, 103. So it was coming back down. That's just one degree more than it was in the first round. 330, folks. I mean, y- you got to earn that number out there on this on the racetrack these days. But they're doing it. Rob Flynn is is you know, we we have confirmation that basically when Alan Johnson left the car or left left the team, he left all of his stuff. They and you know that whoever you know, you know, says that he's hovering around still. We don't know that. But what they said was his notes have been left there. And Rob Flynn is just plugging it in. I mean, just plugging in play. I mean, this is the same run happening over and over. There was a, uh, I feel like it was last week. I can't remember. But there was a race where Mike Salinas came back and ran the same run that he ran the previous round. The same run. And they went to Rob Flynn. They were like, what'd you do? We just brought it back up here and did the same thing. Like the car is, it's a bracket car right now. And and it's, that's why we're so heavy on them right now. Because like Mike, like you could be, you could be hoisting this thing down there at the end of the, at the end of the year, because we know Mike Salinas can run. Darren, I'm going to bring it up. My favorite runner all time. 368 (laughs) with no header flames. In Phoenix. Okay. What? <laughs> like, what? <laughs> like, y'all know how excited I get. Because when you really think about what's happening with this, with these cars, like, that is crazy. Foot not, header flames not coming up, 368. So the, we know the car can do it. And that's another reason why, you know, we got to continue to watch. I mean, it, like. Isn't it crazy? how good you are when you have a chip on your shoulder and you got something mm-hmm. to prove. Mm-hmm. Isn't that crazy? Not just Mike Salinas, but, yeah. but Rob Flynn also. Mm-hmm. You know, isn't it just crazy how we got, we got a, ship, a chip on your shoulder, you got something to prove, how, how, just, how you're able to just rise, just, like, just, what am I trying to say here? Rise to the occasion. Rise to the know? occasion, yeah. And level yeah. up. And, and it's just amazing. It's just amazing to see. I, it's so good to see that team doing well. Yeah, and give give Rob Flynn his his his, his uh his flowers too. I mean, he Absolutely. he's evolved that tune up. Uh, you know, we go back to last year with this team. They only had seven round wins last year. Mm-hmm. Seven round wins, and he only had one win last year. Through through eight races this year, he is seventeen and five, three wins. Last year, through eight races, he had mm-hmm. seven round wins mm-hmm. absolutely a tremendous change from last year mm-hmm. the question is though and we always we always ask this because we worry about them getting 
hot too soon? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's that's the question. You know, you're 17 and five round one loss record. You got three wins. Now, I'm interested to see what these guys do too. Because when you go back, when you look at it, okay, so there's there's Mike Salinas, 17 and five round one loss record. Um, believe it or not, the quiet, uh, you know, Steve Torrance. He is um, he's got 12 wins this year, 12, 12 round one loss record, 12 and eight this year. And it's Brittany Force. You know, we don't even need to. It's absolutely asinine the amount of round wins that she has. 16 and five. 16 and five. And he's 17 and five. Insane. Those mm-hmm. are the three cars. <clears throat> yeah. To, to rip, that are going to get after it that are going to be battling. But this thing's so tight that it doesn't take but a good light from a Justin Ashley if his car's running the way we know it can run because mm-hmm. they, they, run into, they ran into some trouble the last two races up to Epping. They ran into a little trouble. You know, if that car's running the way it is, it, uh, Austin Prop's another one. Ran into a little trouble at a couple races. Wasn't necessarily consistent over the round wins, but we know what they can run. Mm-hmm. This is absolutely one of the tightest fields in, in the top fuel class that we've had in quite some time. Yeah. But what's wild is, is you're talking about Salinas. It's Salinas and Force. But quietly, the champ yeah, exactly. is still right there. <laughs> exactly. No wins. He goes out first round this past race. And he's quietly there with a very nice round win loss record. All right. So, so let me ask you guys this question. Let me ask you guys this question. So you, you mentioned Steve Torrance, like you said, quiet right now. And like you said, we are not worried about Steve Torrance whatsoever. But I just Absolutely. want to throw this out there. So let's just go back to from 2017. 2017, eight wins, right? Eight wins in 2017. 2018, 11 wins. You sweep the countdown. 2019, nine wins. 2020, four wins, but obviously that's COVID year. So, I mean, obviously that's why it's kind of yeah, low. It's 2021, yeah. 11 wins. You think about it. Double-digit wins twice in the past five seasons. Other seasons, you have nine, eight wins. But so far, through the first eight races, no wins. How many races do you think Steve Torrance could pick up this, this year? You talk about eight wins, nine wins, 11 wins twice. You know, how many races do you think Steve Torrance could, could, could win this year? You know, it's going off of if he wins the championship, you know? Because mm-hmm. we're already eight races in. He has no wins yet. I mean, is 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 the, is the ceiling five this year? Six, five, six, four? Like, what do you see, guys? What do you think that, that's what I'm thinking. I, I'm thinking it's single digits. I'm also thinking it's below eight. I'm thinking in this this deal here, all they're trying to do is when it matters to be better than that Monster Energy drink car. Yep. And what we're going to find out, I'm not trying to knock Brittany, so you know, but what we're going to find out is that we also see her performing with this great fierceness in the regular season. I don't, you know, at the end of the day, I applaud you. When we get to the end of the fourth quarter and we get into the, to the, to the countdown when it's time that when it's playoff time, all that bull crap you did, that quarterbacking you did in the regular season don't matter. So what I want to see is, he just pulled out a 366, and we'll see how consistent it becomes as we go into this next race of Bristol. But if he becomes what we think he can become and becomes a pressure situation, 
will she then wield Wonder Woman's sword and chop the tree down and be able to get him as she's owned him in the regular season so far? That's the question. Okay. Okay. Here's the thing. So I hear what you're saying, D-Bland. I, I, I do not worry about Brittany Force whatsoever. And the reason why is because you go back to that championship she won. She stepped up in the countdown. Like, her job. Oh, it was yeah. it, it wasn't. I'm not saying it was amazing, but she, she, she rose to the occasion. And my connection's going out, so I can't really make the point now. So you guys can talk. I'll make the point later. Well, okay. I'm, I'm going I'm to talk here because I know what you're getting at. Brittany Force, I, I agree with you, D-Bland. Completely. Completely. Because and this is not a knock. What no, I'm saying no, no, no. is not a yeah, knock. I'm absolutely just saying not. It's a really, different animal. Yeah, it is. Everybody's a different animal in that countdown. Well, we, we do it a lot. We're, we we like sports, and we, we watch the other sports as well, stick and ball as well. I mean, let's just compare it to, you know, like a, a playoff kind of situation versus a regular season situation. You know, you – Jason Tatum. Jason. Moment of silence. Thank you. All right. Anyway – <laughs> anyway, this is an action. Hope they find him. Hope they find him. Well, they're gonna need a search party. APB. APB out on Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown. Yeah, missing. I, I'm not saying, and Brittany ain't going. You ain't gonna need to find a have to send a search party. No, because Brit. Yeah, exactly. Because she's she she. I think, like Darren just said, when she came and she was doing, she was making a little noise during the regular season that year. I mean, but she wasn't, I mean, it was all Steve. Like it's not, not like, not like I a like lot. This though. Right. Well, no, 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 no. This is like her best season that she's had in the regular season though far, so far. She, no, she didn't have that kind of season, but she was not quiet is what I'm saying. She was going around. She might not have been winning races. But everybody forgets about those small points. If you get, if you go in races, you're getting past first round, you're getting points. So you're staying in the, the conversation. She wasn't winning races, no. But she was going rounds. And then when the playoffs came, she was doing the things that she needed to do when she did it. Can she do it this year? I, I don't see why she couldn't because I think this car is much better than it was then. Like when she won the championship over Steve-O, the car was not as good as it is now. She was not as good on her lights. The car wasn't as consistent. Sure, it was running 60s and 330. Yeah, that's grubby. You mean last year? No, the, I'm talking about the oh, championship year. The championship year okay, when she okay. beat Steve-O. Gotcha. Uh, no, last year was ridiculous. But, like, that year, 2018, you know, she was... 2017. 2017? Yeah. He's the stat guy. My point is, the car was not as good as it is now. So I don't worry about Brittany. Uh, but Steve-O has obviously been working on something, and we see a little bit of that. But, again, Brittany can do that pretty much every run. So And now they're getting to the point where they can do it, and they're not just a qualifying car. So, But back then, when that happened, it was just a qualifying car. So, And she still got it done. So I think... I don't think she just has Steve-O to worry about anymore. She's got that Mike Salinas car now to worry about and a few other cars. So, but it, it's possible. Darren, last thing, go for it. I just want to say this, because Dee Bland wants to make a point too, I can tell. So let's just let's just talk about, you know, David Grubnick for a second. You know, 
So let's look at this. Let's take, let's take a look at his competitors. So you got Mike Salinas, Rob Flynn, right? Been out here for decades. Steve Torrance, Richard Hogan, Bobby Lagana, been out here for decades. Justin Ashley, Mike Green, been out here for decades. Austin Proc has Ron Tobler, been out here for decades. Decades. David Grubnick's been driving for a long time, but he's only been crew chief for like since what, 2015? Yeah. Like, the dude is like still new. <laughs> like, he's still a new crew chief. Like, right. He's a bad just, scientist, dude. Like just exactly. wait until just wait until he's into like his 10th or 15th year. Like, dude's gonna be unstoppable. Like, yeah, I don't think we forget that for a second. Like, Dave Rubnick is still technically new at crew chief. <laughs> yeah, you're yeah. right. Yeah, absolutely right. Be trying to roll his wheelchair out there to try to try to be relevant because <laughs> he's gonna bury him. <laughs> <laughs> like, it's oh it's scary if Brittany Force and David Rubnick can stay together for like you know for a long time. Like, watch out, you guys. Watch out. Oh yeah, John Force. John Force is not gonna let that person go. No. He's not gonna let Grubby go. That, that is the he team the Austin Coil of of John Force Racing right now. I know that's big shoes to fill, but I'm just saying that in regards no to performance, in the in last re- two years, yeah. yeah. In the last in regards two years, to performance, yeah. Best car on the premises. I don't. I don't care yeah. what anybody says, and I'll take. I'll take that car in Bristol. All day long. If oh, I gotta yeah. put money down, I'm putting money down on it, and I'm definitely putting money down on it now because the driver is just absolutely angry mm-hmm. and, yeah. and, and, and driving driving the wheels off the thing, leaving on time. She's yeah. she's insane. So of course I'm taking that car. Uh, but I mean, just on performance, can we say that he's the Austin Coil of this team right now? Ah, that's a great question. That is a really good. Okay, I'm so talking about everyone. I'm not. I. I, I know. I, oh, I know of the Jimmy whole Brock team. Is, Jimmy Brock is is cool, but I mean, Jimmy Brock ain't been doing what 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 Grubby's been what? doing over the last two years. Jimmy, Jimmy, Jimmy got soul, but he even lost a little bit of his soul. Uh, I'll just say that. I'll just say this. I, I get where you're coming, D. Bland. I just I just need a little more time because like Austin. Remember, yeah. Before so Austin, you want to say to be determined. Before Austin Coyle teamed up with John Forrest, he already had two championships before that with Frank Hawley. You know, he had already proven right. he could win. That's the only thing. I just gotta see. I just okay. gotta see David Grubnick win like just a few championships first for championships first before I can say that because Austin yeah. Coyle was already established before he came to John Forrest. You know, exactly. So it's like I just need, I just need a I, little I bit more time. That. I need a I little more time. That. Yeah, I, I like that. We we yeah. we'll put we'll put a yeah to be determined. We will talk about that again on this show because but, but that's a great question. Know. Is he the best crew chief right now, though, in top fuel? I have to say yes. And yeah. here's my reasoning. Over the last – we've seen that car progress since he's been behind it. And over mm-hmm. the last two years, there ain't nobody been – Steve-O, ain't nobody been doing it better. They they come out, they get low ET a qualifying, and they make sure they walk away with the yellow hat every single time. And – they had the best car on the premises on Sunday. Driver was just a little bit behind. And now we look at this year, the driver said, yeah, I heard y'all, and I'm tired of y'all talking about me. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'm going to show you that y'all don't forgot that I can drive. Don't you exactly. know my last name? Uh, hello. Exactly. So you got that, and you're talking about he's still doing what he's doing, and he's leveled it up a little bit? Bruh, I- I'm sorry. I-, I have to say that it is. Yeah, and, and I'm, and I'm that's no disrespect to anybody else. Exactly, but consistency, as our performance guy likes to talk about, um, he's consistently 
been in uh what does he say um what does he say when it gets down the track what do you say performance guy i say so many things yes you do <laughs> yes you do but it's toting it it's toting it it's it's hauling the mail is yeah taking the groceries yeah. like it's yeah. rolling and, and that's what, Who's exactly doing that in this nobody class right now? nobody they're trying they're yeah. trying very hard He's the benchmark. And do it effortlessly. Yeah. And the only trip up they had, which don't count, is Gainesville. Exactly. Gainesville was some crap that we ain't never going to see in our lifetime ever again. Exactly. (laughs) Hella freeze over before we see those conditions again. Like everybody was like, um, what? uh, I'm just gonna, (laughs) what do we do? I'm just gonna do this and we'll see what happens. Like when you're backing blowers down and slowing down blowers and you're still blowing the tires off of it, that, you know, we, we, as kids thought about the, the absolute premium conditions, something, I mean, we dreamed of conditions like that. And we just got rid, we just realized that, you know what, that's not necessarily the best condition. Yeah. Yeah. It's absolutely stupidly ridiculous to have those conditions. I don't ever want to see that ever again. We, we saw it, it didn't work and it's never. And and that's, and that's because, and that's because folks, because we always like to educate here too. It's because the top fuel car wants to do what it does it wants to go fast you have to back things things down so when they talk when they were talking exactly 30 years ago we'd have had some (laughs) like record-setting numbers exactly day and age it's too pop they're too too much power too much power much power too much power and so this i'm gonna i'm gonna say uh i'm gonna respond to what you just said and then we're gonna talk about points we're gonna look I mean, I think we kind of already looked forward to Bristol, <laughs> so we can we can end on that one. But basically, you know, you talk about David Grubnick. When the guy was driving, he knew how the car worked, like intimately. He's one of those drivers who knows what he's doing. Like he's like Clay Milliken. Clay Milliken can walk you up from 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 wing to wing, and he could tell you everything in between. And David Grubnick is like that. So I hope whenever Clay, if whenever Clay Milliken stops, he tunes because those are usually really good tuners, those that have driven. He should go ahead and tune now. It, yeah. Oh. <laughs> well, so the point is, David Grubnick, is he the best in top fuel right now? Absolutely. And everyone is... Everyone is trying to do what he's doing because he does it so effortlessly. That car runs out the back end so bad. That is a bad, I tell you what, even the second round, in the second round, I told you, if that track was two feet longer, she'd have beat him because she was coming up on him 334. That car has huge speed. I don't care what it feels like outside. She did that on a hundred and almost 120 degree track a couple weeks ago. 330. Like, come on. Who's tuning their car? Let's talk about Virginia. We're talking about close to 380, 378, 377. Not anything below 375. The car is still running 334, 32, 33 out the back. Who else is doing that? Nobody. So yes, 
Schumacher in his heyday. Exactly, exactly. So, um, everybody is trying to catch up to that David Grubner car. And even even when Joe Barlam came up uh, last week and, and, and Austin Proc ran that 68 before the cool kids came out and started, you know, do what they did. And they asked Joe Barlam, they said, you think that'll hold up? This is what he said, and I'm going to end it on this. We're going to do points with Darren. He said, no, not with David Grupnik behind you. I think that says everything. Joe Barlam is a very experienced, very knowledgeable guy. He knows his top fuel racing, and everybody de- like defers to Grubby's excellence. So I don't think that's a, a, co- a coincidence. I think it's really cool because I love David Grubner. Even when he was driving for that Xantrex 3 car, man, I tell you, what, I've always been a David Grubnick fan. So it's cool to see him on the end, on the other end. Uh, but let's do points with Top Fuel and so we can go ahead and get out of here. And I just want to make this point real quick on Joe Barlam because, you know, like you said, we got to put some respect on his name. Let's not forget, <laughs> like, if you guys remember going back to 2012, remember the Auto Club finals when Bernstein beat Schumacher in the final to crown, Ant- crown Antron Brown the champion, the first championship that Antron ever won? Joe Barlam was a crew chief on that car, on that Brandon Bernstein car that beat Schumacher in the final. So Joe Barlam has been in some... Joe Barlam has been in some epic situations before, and he's been in some high-pressure sure. situations. So I just want to put some respect yeah. on his name because right. he, can, he, can, he can tune a car. So just want to, like I said, just want to give a, shout, a little shout-out to Oh, him. there's no disrespect on the name. We yeah. we, we, yeah. we have, dis- no, 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 we have no. respect. Yeah. No, no, I'm not saying, I'm not saying from, from any of us. I'm just saying in general because, like you said, they, you know, they talk more to Ron Tobler and they, and they show more Ron Tobler. But, you know, Joe Barlam, you know, he, he's a pretty smart guy himself. I just want to Absolutely. throw that out there. Indeed. Absolutely. Um, but no, top field points. Brittany Force is in first. Mike Salinas is second, 30 points out. Steve Torrance third, 99 points out. Justin Ashley fourth, 107 points out. Austin Proc rounds out the top five, 243 points out. Clay Milliken sixth. Josh Hart seventh. Duck Letta eighth. Sean Lang the ninth. Tony Schumacher in tenth. Antron Brown and Leah Pruitt eleventh and twelfth. So, real quick, before we move on, does anybody know? Is it the top 10 this year, or is it still if you run every race and make two qualifying sessions, make the countdown? I am still not sure. It is. Okay, it is okay. that is also a part of it. It is top ten, but if you run every race, okay, you can get in. I don't like it. I don't. Either. I I didn't I understand either. it until I don't like it now. I don't either. Because what purpose did they serve? Likely, they're way when you adjust the points. They didn't do well the first. They didn't do well in the first half enough to stay in the top ten to get in the top ten. Some of them can't even sniff the tenth spot, and then you're gonna bring them in here so they can go bye bye. I mean, we're not even gonna talk about them. Anyway, like, yeah. what's the purpose? Well, just, just think about something this new. Like, like I said, you said, Antron Brown and Leon Pruitt are eleventh and twelve. How much fun would it be to see those two drivers try to fight their way into the top ten? Now we don't get that. Right now we don't exactly. get that. Like, I want to see them right. try to fight their way back in. You know, right? Like, so, I don't. I don't yeah. like these. I don't know. There no honorable mention participation trophy positions. Like, that's exactly what it is. I mean, it's that's exactly what it is. Trophy. Literally participation. Shoot. Like, if you came to every race, it's literally a participation trophy. <laughs> like, I, literally. Let, let me come to every race and just go putt-putt down the 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 drag strip when you only got, like, you know, 14 cars. I know I'm going to get in. Like, I'm dead. I'm just going to stage it. I know I'm going to lose, but I'm going to be in that countdown. Because I can hear like a nitro car going putt putt, but when you said it, like <laughs> they would be, <laughs> it'd be crackling and popping, but they ain't, they ain't gonna be running that good. 
I am so dead. Okay, we're going to move on. So we got Bristol in the next race on the docket, folks. It's going to be hot. We know that. And that track is bumpy. And we we know that last time we were here, they were blowing up a lot of shit. That's the first cuss word I said. It's okay. They were. So I don't think we're going to have that situation this week. <laughs> I, I well, think... they ground. They did a quick grind. Oh, they did a grind. On okay. This tra- on this track to get okay. some of the bumps out. Uh, they did a quick nice. grind on this thing. Um, so it's going to be interesting. I know they're going to go back to it and do a real job on it. Okay. Uh, from what I understand, but they did do a quick job on this before this race, which is something they usually don't do. Right. Well, they, I, I think they heard every, all of us talking about it <laughs> and the drivers like talking about how bumpy it is. Like, why is why are all four of my tires off the ground at, at hat track? <laughs> like, what is going And then the, the, the riders were scared. Like, you know, they were like, it's scary for us to go down the racetrack because they had the pro stock bikes there that's when they do the little alternating kind of pro stock here pro stock bikes here i miss the days where they went everywhere but i understand why they're doing it i get it but like i mean that's a lot especially going 300 miles an hour like bumps (laughs) so i think that's cool and you know like i said they're listening so i think it'll be an entertaining week i presume a pedal fest or three and that makes TJ happy because I like pedal fest. <laughs> so, looking at the car count, there's 21 pro stock cars. Oh, 21. Okay. Yeah, 17 bikes. I think there were 15 top fuelers, and we're short and funny car again. Okay. Hmm. I think it's just that that middle of the middle of the country situation. Like usually when we go to the coast, you see the bigger car counts, especially in you get those really big car counts uh for one funny short. car in uh one short. One short. We get those really big uh car counts for funny car back when we go uh west in California cuz California that I mean that's that's funny car country. Um so I just think it's it's just a regional kind of situation. That is the only class that is short. I take that back. That's the only class that is short. Funny, funny car? car. Okay. Yep. We have exactly six, 16 top fuel cars. Cameron Foray will be back out there. Nice. And uh, the um, the killer on the starting line, the Slayer, Spencer Massey, Ooh. is going to be back out there as the well. The psychic Spencer Massey. Yeah. I'm, I met him in Charlotte. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to leave it at that. Yeah, um, Lex June so, is also going to be out there as well for all those yeah. Lex June fans. Yeah, so I like Lex June too. But anyway, so we're going to wrap it up, folks. Real quick, we talk Lex June. Lex June. That that is Corey Max 1999 MBNA car that Lex June is driving. Oh yeah, I think, didn't we talk about yes. that before? Yeah, that's Lex June. That's Corey Max 1999 MBNA car. Yeah, Joe Gibbs. I car. miss yeah. Corey. Yeah, I miss Corey. I miss. I want him to get in a funny car. They said there was a um, there was an article on Competition Plus because you know he did uh, some of the nostalgia funny car stuff a couple months mm-hmm. ago, and they talked to him. He said, "Oh yeah, I miss racing. It's it's different." You know, I think he worked. Um, he was talking. He was like, "Yeah, I would I would love to drive a big show funny car." So then my my wheels got turned, and I'm like, "Okay, we need to get you know Corey Mack in a funny car." You know what this is about, though. 
it's it's something that's happened to every drag racer. It happened to uh, uh, Gary Dinsham. Um, you age out unless you're John Force. You age mm-hmm. out. It, it's about sponsorships wanting to sponsor someone of that age. And unfortunately, right. unfortunately yeah. for some, you know, John has just kept reinventing itself. And to be quite honest with you, you look at the young John Force and John at his age now looks better than he did back in the day. Like, oh, yeah. He's young. Like, it's weird. Because he's um, taking care of himself now. Yeah. <laughs> he wasn't then. <there>. Yeah. <laughs> he was pounding beers. Um, pounding beers. Yes. Uh, um, you know, that's really what it's all about. It, you know, and some of it, you know, some of it has a lot to do with guys who we feel like still had it or still have it, like uh, a Larry Dixon or it, it's sometimes it's just a matter of aging out. And, and yeah. It, that's what sponsorships it's one thing that sponsorships look at and that's a marketing part of it and yeah. uh you know a lot of the time it's not really the you know not really that you can't drive it's just that marketing's from a marketing standpoint they don't see you as someone that they can put in front and market to a younger audience and um, you know, they, they have to think about that. It's sad, but yeah. you know, it's, it's, it's one of those things in, in this sport that, that is, that is, you know, up there with the rest of, of those, those intangibles. Well, you know, that's you what know, happened. That's what happened with Corey Mack in the first place. That's when Spencer Massey yeah. got his ride because they yeah. said, you know, and Corey Mack was killing it. He had just set the, the national record and he was in a new, you know, Spencer Massey was a new driver because he was younger, more marketable. So, yeah, for sure. Well, no, Darren. here's the messed up part. Here's the messed up part, messed up part about it, though. So, you like, I was just about to say that. So, um, so Corey Mack, that that last year when he drove in 2010 with Fram, Fram Prestone, he mm-hmm. finished second in the world to Larry Dixon. He was in a, a big, not a big time championship fight, but he was in a fight with Larry Dixon for the championship that year. Mm-hmm. Well, before the second to last race of the year, Fram said we're going a different direction. We're going to younger with Spencer Massey, Fram Prestone. So Corey Mack is out by 2011. And um, and so here's the thing though. Here's the messed up part. Fram ended up leaving after 2012. Yeah, they're only, they're only one for two years. A year, two years. Yeah, two years and they were gone. Yeah, that's messed up, right? So it, we, it is. We boot you out of the mm-hmm. team for go younger. We only put you on the team for two more years. Anyway, because folks. it was Corey Mack's sponsor. That's yeah, exactly. Thing. I felt exactly. like that was Corey Mack's sponsor. Wasn't that wasn't that car he was driving was with DSR? Yeah, yeah. DSR. See. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I'm gonna leave it at that. I'm not gonna get into all of that stuff. I, you know, that's that's I, I got feelings on that one. I, I don't like that. But we whatever. we gonna we gonna talk about it, but it'll be off podcast. We're gonna end <laughs> this one, folks. We're done. This, we had D Bland on the show. We're gonna have him on more. Uh, but he's on he's on the East Coast, so we try not to keep him up late. That's why we don't have him as much. I felt bad that one time I had you. We were we were talking, and I had you up late, so I feel bad. I really do. It's but all tell, good. tell them where they can find you. We're gonna do the we're gonna do the little shameless plug thing, and then we're gonna wrap it up. All right, uh, you can call you can follow me on Not Bland Twenty One on Twitter. Uh, love talking shot with you guys there. Uh, you can also go to the Ghostcast Show, Not Bland Show. Uh, we talk a lot of drag racing there. And you can also listen to me with my counterpart, uh, Karita Parks, the boss, on The Breakdown. As we talk a little bit of, of everything, stick and ball sports. And uh, sometimes we talk a little drag racing. We have a few specials on there as well. So I yeah. uh, appreciate you guys. And uh, thanks for having me on, brother. Hey, no problem. We, we appreciate it. We appreciate it. This is 
This has been another episode of the Nitro Performance Guide. I'm the Nitro Performance Guy. Darren, who are you? Uh, you Darren. Well, my, yeah, my name's Darren. <laughs> say I say it every week, and he looks at me like, why did you do that? <laughs> All right, folks. You enjoy your night or your day, and we thank you for listening. We don't take your listens for granted. We appreciate it. So you guys have a good night. We're going to wrap this one up. Boom. We talking.